Shay, Shay, totally off the cuff intro. Go. Hey everybody, we're back for another episode. It's ya boys from the Chomp Cast. What's going on? What's going on? All right, never it's mind. Good to that be was here. terrible. I didn't know I had to reach your bar of pleasure and um, efficiency. I apologize for that. Well, well now not, you know. a, not, a, not efficiency, just by bar of pleasure, really. Oh. That sounds gross. But, Java's uh, pleasure barge. Yeah, we're here. We're here. Um, we're going to do an episode of podcasting. It's been a minute. It's been almost Macaroni a month rascals. and a half. Everyone, it's been everyone, almost a month and a half since we've been here. Welcome back to Top Gear. What about bottom gear? It's called Macaroni Rascals now. We just went over this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, where where do we start, guys? Where do we start? The beginning's a good place. That's what I've heard. Well, Josh hasn't talked much um, during our warm-up before the show. Josh, how you been, buddy? Good, good. I'm I'm worn out. Um been a long yeah. week but i mean i can see the the whole line of dildos behind you i could see why you'd be worn out mm-hmm. haven't even had the strength to clean them yet they're still yeah i don't <laughs> like the way you have them arranged they're still dripping yeah yeah that's why i stuck them to the bottom of that shelf just so it wouldn't you know <laughs> <laughs> is that a stalagmite or a stalactite? Yeah. Which one yeah, is that? I got like a like one of the, okay, you know, like a drip pan for for an oil change just underneath there. It's out of frame. And you're gonna you're gonna marinate some chicken in that. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Don't do that. No, save them for when the Patreon is relaunched, and then if you subscribe mm. at a certain tier, you'll be entered into a raffle. Yep. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> But I'm the one again. I'm the one who started that, so it's. But also, fault. also, you're not going to be the one entering into the raffle. People enter the raffle are going to love it. Yeah, you work here. You can't enter the raffle legally. Yes, I'm going to enter. My name is Lay Shaitan. <laughs> dumb so I name. Can get in the, that raffle. I'm buying all the all the fucking raffle tickets. So you just said you didn't like it, and now you're saying you're going to buy all the raffle tickets. Because we, we moved, we moved away from thinking about. He what was the hoping you forgot it. You that's a classic macaroni rascals style bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but Josh, really, how how have you been? I know you said you're you're worn out, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's just been a busy week. We've had a bunch of stuff going on. Um. The garden club here in town is putting in uh, an orchard downtown uh, by the river. Uh, so we had to go. Garden club. Be wider. All that out. Yeah. Well, it's a garden club that actually does gardening instead of, you know, mostly just drinking tea. So how do you guys launder money? We're recording this, right? I know better to answer that. I'm not a lawyer. What do you fuck you want from me? Um, but yeah, so we had you know marking paint like you'd normally use in like a a line roller, whatever the hell those things are called, line painter for marking a field, you know. But uh, like a lineman would use. Yeah, the actual contraption was broken though, so. Being one of the younger people there, I ended up, you know, painting all of it just by turning the can upside down and 
manually using the thing since our machine was not working. And uh, anyway, so that meant like three hours of just bending over, painting things on the ground. Um, Fun. Which, yeah, has, has decided to just destroy my back. So Yeah, definitely not good for the lower back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad your back is doing slightly better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm recovering faster than I expected, but it's, I think it's because I'm just in better shape than I had been. Because, mm. yeah. Twerking ring girl. fits doing work. Hmm. I said ring fits doing work. It is. Well, I mean, and I said twerk it. Girl. Some of it. Some of it. I mean, they've got a couple exercises that work your back muscles, but like specifically that lower back area. But anyway, not so much with that, but just with using free weights and deadlifts to focus on that region a little more. But yeah. It okay. could it could have been much worse had I done that without being in better shape than where I right. was before. I just I, I would not be out of bed today, I think. Right. That's fair. I, I have to say that um last month during like a house party with some friends, I finally tried ring fit. And I was a fervent denier of that shit. I was like, man, that's stupid. Like, why would you spend eighty bucks for that shit? I played it and I was like, fuck, my shoulders are burning. I love this. I want to get one. <laughs> yep. It really is great. Like, I, I wouldn't, and I've, I've definitely voiced this before talking about that. Like, I wouldn't use it as my sole means to work out, but like, it really is a good, like, stopgap to have. Be like, I can't make it to the gym today, but I could fit in like 30 minutes of ring fit or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. if you're just trying, like, not trying to get in great shape, but just trying to. Oh no! Not it would be work. completely out of shape. It's it's plenty for that. Yeah, um, you, you could use it as like your sole means of working out. I'm saying, like me personally, I wouldn't yeah, want yeah. to. Yeah, would you yeah. guys say it's better or worse or kind of similar to We Fit? I think it's better than We Fit. Like We Fit was like the prototype of like we can kind of make a cool fitness thing with games, and like I feel like Ring Fit is the actualization of that idea of like yeah. no, this is a real good fitness program product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would say this like. It's it's good for like, it's better than doing nothing. Not to say that like in a derogatory way at all. Like if you go walking, if you do ring fit, things like that, that's great. They're all great workouts. Um, I think ring fit would be really great for somebody if they do it like low impact. Be great for like yeah. shoulder rehabilitation or like building up the basic back muscles. Getting like get like feeling those muscles actually work, making that mind a muscle connection. I think that could be a great start for that. Uh, um, if people are looking in that, in that way, like looking at it from that point of view, I think then eventually you would want to, if you wanted to continue to make improvements, you would eventually have to move away from ring fit, do more like dedicated gym work or body There's a weight ceiling work, for like it. That. Yeah, for sure. I, this is a weird thing to note, but like recently I've gotten more use out of it, not even with the software. It's just the controller is a good Pilates ring, and I've been yeah. using it in general for like mobility training at home. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're they're great for that. Our ring fit is great for that. I think that it definitely has some use. And the thing too is 
like an $80 investment, that's a one-time investment. A gym, gym membership is a monthly fee. Maybe you don't have a cheap gym where you're at. Maybe you don't have a gym at all. So, um, yeah. I mean, th- there, there are definitely good uses out of it. So I think that... Um, yeah, like, like Rich was saying, the, the sort of Pilates and um, a lot of the exercises that focus more on balance and like your form, I think, Yoga and mobility really, stuff. Really good. Yeah, excellent. That. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I figured I'd mention that because we were talking about Ring Fit. Yeah. <laughs> Jokingly, but... No, Ring Fit is great. I I really like the uh, the music stuff that you can do. That came that. after yeah. the fact, too. That wasn't in there day one. They added it, like, a, maybe a year later. Um, Smart. Yeah, it was, it was but it, it's really fun. good stuff. And, like... They would drop it like periodically. They'd be like, "Hey, we just added a bunch of new rhythm stuff that has like the whole soundtrack to Breath of the Wild." And it's like, "Okay, that's pretty yeah. fucking cool." Like all the <laughs> Zelda music is in here now. Yep. Yeah, it, it's really good. I, I I really enjoy that stuff. So, hopefully, hopefully, Ring Fit got enough purchases and they see more support for the music, or they it can justify more support. I for think the that music. thing did really well. It was hard to get a hold of for a long while. That's good. Oh, when lockdown started. It, yeah, it oh, definitely blew up the shelves. Yeah. Yep, yep. Blew mm-hmm. up the internet shelves. No, it became like it was one of those impossible. things where like I was excited to. I I love weird gimmicky software like that and like weird hardware iterations. So like I bought that thing day one, and then when lockdown started, I was like, huh, I'm glad I have this thing. Hmm. Hmm. Well, fair enough. That's fair. Josh, anything else noteworthy before we talk? about games I think it's been a long time since we did a lot, did a show Dude, it really has been a month and a half like yeah. 40 minutes yeah 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 good second um man what has happened everything been, yeah been been a while um Dead air. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love dead Um, air. Not a lot. Not, I mean, a lot, but not a lot that I'm putting on the show. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Ton of personal stuff. Um, Yeah. Ton of family stuff going on, but yeah, not, not my stuff to share. So. No, no, that's perfectly fair. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. We'll move on. Rich, what are you up to, buddy? Um, not a lot, really. Uh, work, travel. Um, Where are you traveling to? What are you running from? Nah, uh, the future. Um, an undisclosed location. Okay. Um, not, I mean, mo- mostly work and uh, just personal shit going on continuing to plan some trips i got a lot of weddings later on this year so i'm booking a lot of flights and shit um but nothing crazy really i haven't been playing a ton of games or anything but uh mostly just relaxing mm. when I, well when i can which is not gotcha. a lot so really not even a lot of that mm-hmm. um <laughs> what is going on here what do you mean i'm a busy guy macaroni rascal you yeah i'm a mac- classic macaroni rascal <laughs> <laughs> no that's fair though that's fair i um you you still been going to the gym pretty frequently 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, like, uh, usually six days a week. God damn, dude. Uh, and how many of those days are spent solely in the sauna? Uh, I, I don't know what kind of money you think I'm spending on the gym. I don't have a sauna. Oh, okay. okay. You fair. do have massage chairs, though. I do, but I have to talk to someone to tell them to turn it on, so that means I never use it. So that means they don't have massage chairs. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You could also go tanning. To look someone in the eye and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah If I have I to engage that. with a human being to use one of your facilities, then you might as well not have it. Uh-huh. Or, like, instead of asking, you could just go about it a different way. Like, when somebody's doing a bench press, you just go sit on their lap, and they're, like, they're like trying to push you off, and that gives you kind of, like, a little mini massage right there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no words needed, then. It just, yeah. just always maintain eye contact. And then when the gym... Well, and then when, how, then when, how are you going to maintain eye contact when you're sitting on them? Like, that's... Unless you're getting a chest massage? Yeah, we are. But And then also, what you, what's fun then is, like, then the guy gets up from his desk to see what's going on, and when he comes over, you can be like, we're just a couple guys fooling around. That's all we are. And he'll have to take your word for it. Uh, nobody acknowledged what Josh was doing there, which was quite amusing. That's not me. Josh, I, I laughed. Maintaining eye contact is all I was doing. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Oh. He's looking over his shoulder <laughs> suggestively. <laughs> yeah. But, no, that's fair. I wouldn't ask anybody either if I'd use a massage chair. No, I don't want to I, talk I feel like to I'd someone. be a Karen. I'd be like, can you turn on the massage chair for fuck's sake? Wait, you know? I thought it was they just give you like a token that you put in like a no they don't do that bag. anymore you just have to oh, okay. go to someone at the counter and be like i'm gonna i need the massage chair and they'll be like all right i'm gonna turn on number three or whatever oh okay because i used to be like it was it was like a magic fingers thing look we all have the fucking ID hotel. cards on our phone i think there should just be like a scan thing on there where you I are be correct like, i am like mm-hmm. a black member and then you just scan it and it just goes Whoa, let's not get racial here. Why did you, I knew you were going to fucking do that, too. I fucking knew it. Because you didn't say black card. What, what, what is, what's the fucking difference? One can be misconstrued in a funny no, way. No, you purposely misconstrued it. One could be falsely misconstrued for my amusement. Yeah, yeah all right, fair enough. Well, Rich, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Racism and no, 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 no not gonna what? finish the thought. Not gonna finish. This reminded me of another message that Ray sent me the other day. Instead of, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm gonna move forward. Ray, how you been? Should probably never read the messages me and Rich send each other out loud. <laughs> like it's probably a mistake. Uh, things are pretty good, you know, as. You know, everyone else busy with work, you know, going to the gym every so often, but also apparently not up on the massage chair etiquette. Yep. However, uh, once a week I've been going to a Planet Fitness out on the east, you know, eastern end of Long Island. Okay. And there's this amusing man that is there on the weekends where he is, you know, like Planet Yo. Fitness bills itself as like a place where non-meatheads go. Sure like the no lunkhead thing they have. There's a guy who jacked all hell in the upper body. His legs are teeny tiny because he's clearly skipped leg day forever. He's probably in his mid fifties and he yells at himself while lifting weights. I love him. Like he yells like, you're bigger than this. You're better than this. And then oddly enough, some of the younger people that go there have like 
flock to him for like training advice and i'd be like and he was like oh do steroids but yeah i have to imagine it's like (laughs) like were you kicked out of your other more expensive gym because i don't know you hit someone in the middle of like the weight like the like the floor like he just he it's so weird like you go to plan fitness like i'm wearing sweatpants and a hoodie it's like i still have my gut it's like i'm trying to work out it's like you don't expect to see that type of person apply to fitness. I mean, maybe the occasional ones. The one by me has like one guy. He's not like like he's a, a jack dude. He's not like a dick about it or anything. He's, like, not, he's like, not yelling at himself. No, no. But I mean, also like part of the amusement and part of the reason I haven't moved on from Planet Fitness to a different gym is because I like going to a gym where I can count the amount of old people working out in jeans there are. Oh yeah. Um, it's a fun game to pass the time. And uh, we also have a character at mine that I liked, uh, shadow boxing guy. There's a guy always in the corner downstairs shadow boxing, and I'm like, you're at a Planet Fitness, man. Calm yeah, down. Yeah, ca- calm down. One of my favorite things about when this guy started yelling at himself, I got a message through the app saying, oh, could you rate your experience at the gym today? So I wrote about him. I was like, no one tried stopping him. He comes off as insane. Like, it- it's like... I, I, I don't well, want Would you that. try stopping him? He's jacked. Yeah, but I don't have any authority in the Planet Fitness. But no, also, I'm I get, if you had authority in the Planet Fitness, I could just kick him in his teeny tiny baby legs because he skips leg day for the last 35 years. Fair enough. But he could probably crawl after you with those arms. Oh, yeah. Well, no, you could run anyway. If you walk like a gorilla, mm-hmm. he, he should. What's more terrifying, seeing somebody lumber over at you with a big body or seeing somebody crawl at you, mm-hmm. breakneck speed with their legs, kind of just dragging behind Oh, he, yeah, yep. no, I feel like he suddenly snapped his spine and, like, his legs stopped working. He would be he immediately more terrifying. He looks like William Birkin from Resident Evil 2. Yes. Actually, the funny thing is, like, physique-wise, not necessarily pure size. It's sort of like how I always, when I see John Cena, like, huge upper body, like... The legs are not nearly as big as the upper body, sure. but like more extreme, where just like the legs have been completely ignored. Mm. But you know, otherwise, you know, things are good. Just gym stuff, home stuff, work stuff, yeah. weird you sex know, I, stuff. I saw a video. I saw a video, or not a video. Sorry, a uh, uh, meme the other day of this guy. This a pornographic kinda, film. Yes, this heavier set guy who was going to the gym and he was embarrassed, so his best friend would dress up in these different costumes to distract that the bigger guy was lifting. And I thought that was kind of cute. And I think that you should hire Rich to do that part-time. I'm expensive. Yeah, yeah, no. No, and the funny thing is, I really have no shame just, at the Just gym. give Rich a glizzy and he'll do it. Oh, just... Glizzy. Feed him a hot dog. Yeah, here you go, buddy. Gl- Glizzy's is mandatory. Funny, funny enough, I actually cooked several hot dogs tonight for my nieces. So that's very nice. I have to buy more hot dogs. What what's your what's your go to brand? Nathan's. Nathan's, Sabret, okay. or Hebrew National. There Basically, if it's hundred percent beef, like that's really where I want to go with it. I was it. I was hoping for Hebrew National. Yeah. That's Nathan's what I'm really is hoping. passable, but it's it's got one of those. There are a few brands that are good, like quality meat wise but then they're also trying too hard with like the the celery powder and, and whatnot going on in there that end up being a little weird and i think nathan's is borderline trying I like too a nathan's hard. dog 
Also, uh, Boar's Head makes a pretty good hot dog, especially if you want yeah. one with the casing still on it. Like, you get mm-hmm. that snap when you bite into I do it. I appreciate the snap. Yep. That's another one, borderline. But, like, they're, yeah. Anyway. Trying too yeah. hard, but. Yeah, I mean, I, not, I feel not like to also... the point where it's, like, you know, not a hot dog anymore, but. Close. Hot dogs are in a weird place, too, because even when I go to the supermarket and I look at the cost of the package, I'm like, it's not as bad as, like, like eggs where they've gotten like eggs are basically like they we should start trading these on like the same markets where it's like oh trade in your silver and gold okay we're well, here's some chicken eggs mm-hmm. but you know you've still seen an increase um you know who actually makes an oddly good hot dog in that it's meatless morning star farms hot dogs they are only 90 calories per dog and they taste oddly good huh problem is that like on the packaging oddly good four and a half stars mm-hmm. problem is it's like six dollars for a box of six of them that's like a dollar a dog for hot dogs that's ridiculous i know i'm just i'm being an asshole mm-hmm. yeah but like if, if you think about it in the context of what it, what are buns nowadays in the u.s three dollars for an eight pack where buns? you guys are at i mean if you're buying dog shit buns do you well, I mean, like, where, where in New York? That's New ballpark. York Park. Well, I mean, yeah, for Josh, probably for you. Ballpark like of New the York. price and of the brand. Martin's, like Martin's potato buns, probably like three fifty to four fifty for an eight pack. Yeah, I found so. a good low carb way of getting around that, though. Um, instead of using buns, I've actually been just wrapping the hot dogs up. The hot dogs, yeah, just direct, just kind of, yeah. No, so I've been sort of a wrapping... backwards extrusion thing going on. You just slowly push it directly down your gut. What I do is I take a knife meat. and I cut open another hot dog and I just lay the hot dog inside that. <laughs> Excellent. That's even better than mine because I use a uh... jumbo hot dog with like mini hot dogs. <laughs> no, try these uh, Mission uh, street taco sized tortillas. Uh, they make a low carb version that's only three grams of net carbs. So then I sprinkle shredded cheese over the entire uh, tortilla, heat it up in the air fryer, and then wrap the hot dog up. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. But no, the the point I was gonna make is like, what if you eat three hot dogs in a meal? That's like three dollars for the hot dogs, and then a dollar fifty for the buns. So really, four fifty yeah, if you're buns. not having any vegetables or anything like that. That, that's not too Which bad. This is America, so obviously you're not. Right, exactly. You're just stuffing. Well, I mean, veg, vegetable, potato chips count here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Sprite just... is technically a vegetable because of limons. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, just fistfuls of ruffles. Ruffles. Ruffles are pretty good, though. But... Mm-hmm. No, I'm glad you're doing well. Rich, I'm glad to hear that. And Ray. Oh, is that what you took away from that? I'm glad you guys are all doing well. (laughs) I forgot that was even well, he says. (laughs) I forgot that was even about me. No, I'm saying I'm glad all three of you guys are doing well. Yeah. Glad to hear that. What about you, Shay? What's been going on with you? Thanks. How's Japan? Japan's good. Uh, It's sakura season our cherry blossom season has started a little bit earlier this year mm-hmm. hasn't um, that I'm, been the case like every year lately like it starts like slightly earlier every well, we year broke the planet yep phenology um yes it is getting earlier and earlier but this weekend the first weekend most people have to enjoy it it's rainy it's rainy all weekend mm-hmm. nope 
Yes. Fortunately, I'm on spring vacation, so I've been able to go to the park twice and enjoy the nice weather and the cherry. Some of the cherry blossoms they hadn't quite fully blossomed, um, quite yet. But I was able to get out and enjoy it a couple days this week, which has been nice. Um, no, one of the things I I decided to do this year is because obviously of the pandemic, I really have been wanting to get out and just go meet new friends, make some new friends, explore places, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to do a lot more of that. And um, I can't remember, last time I talked to you guys, had I gone to Kyoto yet? Yes, we we talked about it last time we spoke. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, I think you had just I, gotten back. Oh, that's right, that's right, you're right. I've done some other stuff, like I, I went and um, explored a like smaller station in my city, it's like on the outskirts of the city where there was abandoned an abandoned ryokan, which is a Japanese traditional inn. Um, I wasn't able to go inside. They had it fenced off. It's like right next to the river, so it could collapse. So unfortunately, they have to make sure people don't go in there. But we saw that, and there's some good hiking trails and stuff like that. And there's this beautiful shrine that I went to that nobody was there it was because it was the middle of the week. and. Hmm. Um, I don't think a lot of people know about it, but it was, it was super just amazing. It it was like watching anime come come to life kind of thing. Um, for those of you who really enjoy anime, but in, in all in all seriousness, like there's this deep kind of spiritual ancient energy about it, which was, I'm always looking for those kinds of things because I really love shrines and temples here. So, um, just trying to get out and do more stuff like that and. Uh, I found this, I'm, I'm sure Rich and Ray, this is nothing to you guys, but here in the city I live in, it's very, very peculiar because there aren't a lot of things like this. But I was hanging out with one of my friends uh, that I met last month. She's from Ukraine. And she's like, did you know there's like a, a 50s and 60s rock and roll bar here? I was like, okay, is it just like themed like that? And she's like, no, 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 no. They have performances all the time. Oh, that sounds terrible. Like, and I was like, you must take me there right the second. It's <laughs> just like, all right. So we Sounds go there. Sounds terrible to Rich. He's not realizing these are like elderly Japanese men who are Elvis impersonators. I guess impersonators. that's a good point. That does sound really amusing, actually. Right? Put it this, there. I had thank, to put it, thank, I had thank you, put it to that lens. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Would we, this come I, up I, against those like odd footloose laws that Japan used to have about like dancing? <laughs> Like, it feels like, you know, like a bar like that couldn't have existed like 25 years uh, ago. It, it can now. It can now. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get to your point on that here in a minute. Excuse me stepping away for a second. I have to blow my nose very badly. Please do. Um, <clears throat> right into my butt. I said that because he couldn't hear it. But anyways, um, so like we walk in and we're there. walking. <laughs> 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 we're walking down the basement stairs and it has like pictures of like Buddy Holly, like. All, all those characters from the 1950s and 60s. Everyone who died in a plane crash. That's right. Drug overdose as well. But And then there's a, there a pretty steep cover charge. So we were like, ah, let's not do it tonight. You know, she had school. I had work. Um, she's a college student here. But um, we just peer in and we see these like s- synchronized women dressed up in like 1950s and 60s garb Japanese and you can see some of the musicians and they're dressed up like Elvis and I was like holy 
fucking shit. I need to go here as soon as possible. Yep. And uh, we we left. And my my plan is because I am on spring vacation now. Probably this week sometime I'm gonna go to that bar and check it out. Just out of sheer curiosity. I gotta see that. <laughs> That's no, awesome. the funny thing is you would say it almost seem not as interesting to someone like me or Rich. I think seeing fifties um like it's mostly American rock where it's is the basis. So seeing like that old classic rock through a Japanese lens, I think is absolutely fascinating. Hmm. Mm. that's the more interesting layer yeah that and that's that's why i was saying like for you guys you guys probably have themed bars and stuff like that in new york city but in the city i live in it's very very much uncommon so that's why it's cool to see The, the the thing that comes close to that and this speaks to what you were just saying ray is that there's this park in the middle of the city and there are like it's like this really small tight knit community of like five or six guys who will dress up like Elvis and they'll just dance to like Elvis music on the street for like busking. And they'll, okay. They'll... That's pretty fucking wild. Actually, I'm, in, I'm into that. That's like yeah. a sub story from Yakuza. Now, now do they do like different eras of Elvis? Is there like the young Elvis and then like the Elvis who's right about to die on the toilet? Like, and which one are we going to put on a stamp? Yeah, I would definitely say it's not that, that varied. I mean, you know, but yeah, because yeah, Elvis went through some phases like, you know, acts at that time, like Elvis, the Beatles, like you can really like he, here are the clean cut versions at the beginning. And then it's like, here's Elvis as Vegas residency, 80 pounds heavier. Mm. And here's an enlisted Elvis. He comes with his GI uniform. And yeah, and here's Elvis in all those crappy movies about living in like Hawaii or something. Right, right. Exactly. No, I, it's 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 kind of wild to see that stuff here. Um, I, I think I've told you guys I told you guys on the podcast years ago. I went to this now closed down bar with a, a friend at the time, and we thought we were coming into this rock show, but we went to the wrong bar. We mixed them up, and we walk into this like 1940s diner rock, 1940s 1950s diner rock people like dressed up like that all japanese like dancing with each other and i was like what the fuck is this It's like alternate universe shit so it's always cool to see that stuff when you don't when you least expect it but um other than that uh playing a lot of basketball going to the gym a lot i've been really consistent with the gym lately which i hadn't been in the past few years to be completely honest so that's good and sticking to that glad you um, you and jim have been going steady we have been going steady Seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's most of the good news. Um, but other than that, you know, life, life things. Like like you said, Josh, personal things in my life that I I, I don't really care to talk about in a public setting. As Let's of do yet. it anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, I've had this nasty case of hemorrhoids, and they will not fucking go away. Next caller. Been there, brother. Hey, I got hemorrhoids too. Am I on the I... air? Yes, you're on the air. Oh, fuck you. Am I on? <laughs> All right, the air? next caller. <laughs> hey, you're calling into Macaroni Rascals. How can we help you? Oh my God, is that the? Is that uh, Scampy Shay? <laughs> <laughs> and Rigatoni Ray? 
this is dead on arrival. Uh, yeah, that's my that was my high school nickname, Scampy Shay. <laughs> They're always like, "Hey, Scampy Shay, what are you doing?" Is that Joshua Alfredo Fowler? <laughs> I was I was wondering where you were gonna go with that. Oh, Listen, I, I would say I would say this is offensive to Italians, but really this is just offensive to New Jersey. So who the fuck cares? No yeah, one. Exactly. It's a terrible place. Is that a like a true like thing in New York? That City New Jersey's terrible. Just yeah, New Jersey. It's gross. Yes. Oh yeah, no, it's New it's... York, but worse. Uh, I had a math teacher who actually went to Princeton. He described it to me because I was like, "Oh, it's a shame you had to go to school in New Jersey." He's like, "Think of Princeton as the Vatican of New Jersey." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like it's, it's 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 in there, but it's really separate. But tech technically it's there. But the um, Ray, I definitely told you. I don't know if you ever met Ryan like Tring or something one time. But one of uh, Vinny's roommates back in college was from New Jersey, but like owned it as like I know I'm from a terrible place. And the first day we met him, he was wearing a T-shirt that just had like the outline of New Jersey on it, and it just said, "You call it a dump, but I call it home." There you go. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you definitely need to, to lean into that. The, the whole hell couldn't hold me mystique thing yeah. going on. It's a hellish wasteland on the other side of the Holland Tunnel. Like, listen, you know when you've gotten in there because the smell immediately changes. Cross the river and go back where you belong, damn it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. also as New Yorkers, we also tend to flame Staten Island. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Trash like, it's it's gross. That's where yeah. Pete Davidson's from. Like, yeah, and the fact that Pete Davidson, yeah, that that like when I first saw the title of that movie, King of Staten Island, I was like, okay, you can have that. Yeah, no we'll get really we'll contesting give, that. We'll give that to Pete. We got no objects in that. <laughs> Do you guys hate Pete Davidson? No. Oh, okay. he just looks kind of grimy. Although I'm kind of hoping that if Donald Trump gets indicted, we'll see Pete Davidson dating Melania like a day that, later. Yeah, no, I know. I, I hope so, too. Like, honestly, that I was, think that it's, was it, a good meme. I, I it was I chuckled pretty heartily. It's become a, a weird, like, qualifier or just like to go like, <laughs> go, oh, yeah, Staten Island. That's where Pete Davidson's from. We tried to hold it against him. That's fair. That's fair. OK, well, our trash what... goes, though. Yeah. Let's do what we came here to do. Let's talk about gaming and all things gaming. The first thing I wanted to bring up, uh, I wanted to do a little bit of news before we get into our um, gaming adventures. First thing I wanted to talk about is because this is pretty specific to Rich and me because we obviously did a whole chomping after dark on this, but... The last Ronin, uh, that news just dropped a few days where it's going to get a God of War style game for it. Obviously, there there are no screenshots or uh, video I guess clips it's or very early development. They haven't even talked about what studio is doing it. They've just said, like, the rights were sold and it's happening. Okay. Exactly. Which, is, I mean, like, I, I'm trying not to get my, my hopes up too much yet, but I'm failing miserably. When I saw that news, I was like, fuck yes! I'm so excited for that. Rich, where are you at with that? Uh, I want to see more. Uh, like, it could... Uh, it's probably going to be a while before we see anything, but it could be very cool. Like, I, I'd like to see... If, using the term God of War style makes me hopeful for... I think, like, the cool way to do that would be to have you start with, like, one of the turtle's weapons and, like, build a kit around that and then, you know, have you kind of claim the other ones back, maybe from the classic TMNT villains that did them in. I think that's a cool way to do boss structure. 
Um, Makes sense. And then like unlock new kits around that. It's a fairly wait, standard yeah. this is a, action wait, this game. The Ninja Turtles? Yeah. Oh, I missed that part. I thought there was like the some la- like... The last Ronin, the, that whole graphic novel series is about three of the turtles dying and one of them exacting revenge uh, um, for the sake of the other three. Yeah, they're making a game based uh, on that. No, I heard about that. Uh, for some reason, I just thought there was like an old like black and white... <laughs> You know, movie called oh, like, The Last Trek, Rodin. Trek, oh no, we're ch- we're talking about uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, I just assumed there was like a, an old movie called The Last Rodin. No, okay, now I'm infinitely more interested. Is. That sounds awesome. I was gonna say, oh, everybody's <laughs> like, oh wait, we're talking about turtles now. I'm in. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, like I think they, I think probably the production is a little bit further along than we think, Rich. Just simply because they got to kind of strike while the iron's hot. The last issue came out last year and if they wait too long i don't I know because if it were further along i feel like they would already be talking about what studio is handling it or at least have them saying like oh it's an internal studio that paramount founded or something give us some that's info fair. that's fair that's fair maybe they just want to keep it real hush hush i don't know who knows but um i think i think god of war i was thinking about this uh the other day i think god of war is the perfect style for that game especially if they kind of do a more recent God of War style. I mean, the older style would work just as fine too, but I think that the story is not super complex, which is nice. Sure. Um, which would probably lend itself actually. It lends you kind of having a little fun. bit more of the old, old style. It, it lends itself to letting you kind of do whatever you want with it in some spaces, but I just hope we can at least get uh, like some really hefty dialogue exchanges, you know, where they're like, this is where Splinter met his demise. And you'd be like, cow, a bummer. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, no! See, I want now. Yeah. To, if it's in the new God of War style, I want a sad dad version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. Okay, Ray, you can here's you the, can go to like Toxic Ooze, Hot Springs in New York City, and 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 write limericks. Here's the thing, though. They really could go the sad dad route with it, because skip ahead thirty seconds. Slight spoilers, I guess, for what that comic does, but like. One of the things that comic sets up in the current run on the TMNT comics is it sets up Michelangelo with four new turtles that he's training at the end, and they're going to do comics about that. Okay, we're already set then. And also, will he get the Blades of Chaos, like, halfway through? I, yeah, I assume uh, Leonardo's <laughs> katanas are just going to work like the Blades of Chaos. Yeah. I mean, I think we totally glossed over... Ray's idea there getting sad dad TMNT theme I would love to see like sad apple at 6pm without what's out in light yeah Instead of big sad apple 6am or nice. we get vanilla ice back to do the sad dad version of the the ninja rap I was gonna suggest vanilla ice be the Atreus of this he's like 70 yeah. And he's like, is he still? What's like, your point? Mo- is he still like motocross? I don't know. He he went to some weird stuff. No one knows. He did that Adam Sandler movie where he played himself. I think that was his best role ever. Fair enough. I could believe that. Right. That's right. Yeah. But no. Um. It's called Ninja Rap Reprise. I I'm I'm excited for it. I'm. I'm. <laughs> fucked up what you did yeah i typed something really bad in the chat um 
I, I'm excited for the game, and like I said, I, I'm going to hold some reservation for it because there isn't a lot of information out. But I thought that was really cool. Um, when I think Rich, you put that in our yeah, WhatsApp yeah. chat. Yeah. yeah, I saw Super that in news, and I was like, that's yeah. neat. Yeah, we got we had to talk about that. This um, game is course- the reason why Naughty Dog is saying they're not returning to Uncharted. <laughs> oh, God. you know what? I'd be fine with that. I would be too. Uh, Speaking of Naughty Dog, um, recently, oh, The okay. Last of Us, the TV show, uh, finished airing its first season. It wrapped up. Uh, we're going to talk about this. There will be some minor to moderate spoilers for both the game and the TV series. So if you don't want to hear that, probably fast forward about five or ten minutes. Um, and then if you go over, you can always backtrack a little bit. But did any of you guys watch it from beginning to end? Yeah, I did. I finished okay. it. Okay. Ray or Josh? No? I mean, no, I know you no guys... No interest. Yeah, that's fair. I, Josh, you already played the game, so... Uh-huh. I, I know. Rich, what, what did you think overall of the TV show? I thought they As did a, a, like a decent job. I thought that final beat in the last episode was, like, really... It was weird that the last episode was the shortest episode, and, like, so much happens. Like, I felt... It felt a little rushed to get to the end. But part of me also realizes that uh, that first game story is really uh, sort of linear and it's closed off. And I feel like they really just wanted to get through that so they could start in on the second game story and make it a multi-season arc and like have all this other shit going on. Mm. Um, But I thought they did a decent job uh, ending pretty much unaltered from the way it ends in the game, like almost shot for shot. Yeah, well, I know I, like, IGN was doing literal comparisons every week. Like a lot of people can the show. complained about uh, how shitty the draft looked, and then they were like, "The draft was real, you absolute fucking idiots." Um, no, and it was one of those things where I oh, saw yeah. a bunch of people whining about it, and I was like, "It looked fine." And you it know was what? Validated it, by no, that was a real draft. You, dumb you know what fucks. it is? We're so used to Uncanny Valley, and the thing is, it's against like usually a computer-generated backdrop, probably. Yeah, so yeah, that it, it was. makes it look fake, despite the fact it's real. Yeah, those are just hideous creatures. Like, yeah, they probably had to tone down the. This just, might be yeah, like perpetual high brain. But I think about this every time I see a giraffe. I'm like, giraffes are so fucking weird. Oh no, I saw a comment after like, this. Like they all don't came make out. sense. Like, why are unicorns mythical? They're just a horse with a horn on it. Like Whereas a giraffe we... is objectively way stranger than a unicorn. Yeah, it's like let's get this weird shaped thing with a twenty foot neck and a weird purple tongue. And then it's got like these weird, like not even horns. Like I'm not sure what's going on with those things. Giraffes are strange. They're a strange animal. They make no sense. They almost seem like something that should come from Australia just because Australia is, like, the capital of, like, really unique animals. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense there that, that, you know... It's a prison island. Well, you'd want to be as tall as possible just to get as far away from Australia as you could while being in Australia. So it's not going to protect you from trapdoor spiders. Mm -hmm. That's true. Nothing can. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. Did you see they found a new species of trapdoor spider? I did see that in Australia. According to what I'm reading here, it says it's in your room right now. It's behind you. Turn around. If that was true, because the thing is massive, you you guys would never see me in this house again. Where'd that closet come from? (laughs) You know the one. I don't remember that being here recently. 
Well, I exactly. mean, I would lo- I would love to find a trapdoor spider with like the ingenuity of like a beaver because it would actually build trapdoors. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Let's let's not let's not give people ideas for uh, like especially geneticists. We don't we don't. We know that. a lot of uh, a lot of geneticists listen to this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, all of them. Every We're single big one with them. geneticists. They're stopping working on eugenics right now. Uh, because they're like, oh shit, uh, new macaroni rascals is out. <laughs> new one dropped. <laughs> no, but like to get back to the Last of Us TV show, I I resemble your thoughts very much, Rich. I I did find it weird that the last episode was the shortest, and it really rushed through it, some of like, that stuff. Did I, it did not went... waste any time. No, I I wasn't the biggest fan of the kind of whirlwind that they went oh that um joel went through to get through the hospital and firefly scene that wasn't my favorite but at the same time when i think about it how how fun would it have been to watch joel just like pick off all these fireflies you cannot let that happen for 20 minutes like it is an action sequence you were supposed to not feel good about the fact that it's happening which yeah. a lot of people miss the point of that because they have no empathy and are barely human yeah and, and, um yeah when they were doing but, like, it themselves you can't like it's a good five minutes in this and that's really all you need like just isn't it, it just the game scene without the actual gameplay yeah pretty much basically yeah because what yeah, yeah, yeah. all it would add is like, what are you gonna do? Add another twenty minutes of Joel yeah. shooting people? Or well, like, I think that or like crafting is probably, menus. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, That'd I think cool. that's probably part of the pacing menus. change there, because the game really does kind of really start to speed up nor towards the end. Sure. But also that last section, you're expected to die like three or four times on it. So it is a very, it is a very like, and that's I think that 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 is the thing that was kind of difficult for me to get past i that's that's one of the most memorable sequences in the entire first game to me is like that last sequence because it's very long it's very drawn out you spend a lot of time getting to ellie as joel in that last scene and then and then in the tv show it just goes by so quickly and you think about the gameplay to tv series like the they're completely in opposition to each other not in feel but like the the gameplay to seeing it play out on screen and that's not a bad thing it just was i think a little bit jarring to me still vividly having that memory because i only played the first one a few years ago of how long that sequence took and then to watch it play out on screen happens so much quicker yeah yeah it's a little bit confusing you can go in guns blazing and just keep picking up more ammo, which I think is what they're intending for you to do, but you will probably die a couple times just because of how lethal everything is in the game, or you right. can slowly make your way through and just pick everyone off, which I think is at that point what most people are going to do just because that's that's how the game's that's how the rest of the game has taught you to play when you're encountering other humans, yeah, yeah. but um, you know what bothered me? The same thing that bothered me when the game came out all those years ago. Me watching Joel walk into that hospital room and going, you can't just disconnect somebody who's under anesthesia and walk away. They would die. Yep. It's, it's not how that works. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep, exactly. Um, that's that's fair criticism right there, but you always have to suspend disbelief. <laughs> no, and... I know. It's just one of those things where I'm like, it's not how that works. She, she'd yep. be dead. Yep. Yeah. So, like, one thing I, I want to Of course, if you look closely you, enough, that's not actually... You know, an anesthesiologist sitting by the end of the bed. It's just some guy with a bottle of whiskey. 
who just got his head blown off. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a civil war surgeon. Yeah, he's just yeah exactly like just every now and then he just squeezes another ounce of of bourbon into the IV. That's how it works. Yep. Yeah. Sleepy time. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you about this, Rich, because I saw some people criticizing this online. I I don't I don't necessarily agree with it, but I wanted to ask you. The game obviously is so heavily predicated on zombies, like the clickers, all that. The TV show, they it definitely has its moments, and there's there are one or two episodes focused on the zombies, but. When you compare it to the game, there's a noticeable absence of zombies. Do you think that was the best choice for the TV show to make? Yeah, and I say that because I don't think the plot warrants you having like a ton of them. Like, There's a few choice encounters. Uh, also, I want to keep in mind with the TV show budget, even with a show as expensive as this, like these are not typical TV zombies. Like The amount of makeup and effects works that have to go into these things is probably monumental. Like, they did that one episode where we got the bloater and everything, too, and that seems kind of above and beyond and kind of wild. Um, we're probably getting more of that in season two, especially when you consider part two has a lot of those uh, flashbacks. I promise that. Yeah, well, there, there's a lot of flashback moments in part two where, like, they're going on patrols and, like, clearing out clicker nests and things like that. Mm. Um, the first one just doesn't warrant that much of it. Like, you, you should have a few encounters like the ones they had just because they were a part of the game, but they were never like the focal point of tension. They were, they were gameplay tension. It was like to get from plot point A to plot point B, we have to move through this building. That's in, that's has infected in it. Right. And right, you get, exactly. you get yeah. two or maybe three examples of that throughout season one. And that's really no, all you need. And they're short, tense encounters that feel like the most horror the show is ever going for. And that's, I, I that's think, all it needs. Rich I think it was smart. It. I think it was that was the smart choice for the show to make because every time the zombies do pop up on screen, they feel incredibly formidable. They don't feel dumb. They don't feel like, oh, we just got to slash more to get through this yeah. spot, which is invariably what something like The Walking Dead ended up becoming, uh, the TV series. But yeah. every time they pop up in The Last of Us, you're like, oh, fuck. You know, Especially... Like the, that that episode like, with the bloater, for example, like that was the only time in the season where they show you what kind of damage a horde of these things can do, and it's yes. insanely great, yeah. good action sequence. Yes. That's a yes. That's a hard, you know, path to thread with zombies and anything is like you want them to be around, but like how do you not end up having the sort of like trivialization of them well i feel like the longer Romero, the show would go on with if well if they keep showing up and well it, it's also important to point out like the last of us timeline is like the bulk of the story is set 20 years after the infection so it makes sense that like populated areas which is where most of the story beats take place are pretty much devoid of them like these places that have set up permanent settlements have patrols and they They're regularly go in and clear them out yeah. No, and Romero even set it up best back when he kind of made the first, like, modern zombie stuff, as we understand it. Yeah. Like, the zombies are supposed to be this existential, now, force of nature. They look like people, but they're not people. The actual conflicts always come from what humans can do to each other, especially under dire circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And by taking out a lot of the combat encounters that are needed for a video game, but not really. And again, I didn't watch a show, but just everything I heard and read, 
you know, those encounters are needed for a video game, but in a TV show, they become almost, gratuitous very quickly. Yeah, and superfluous. Like, yeah. they're just, they're not necessary. And instead, concentrating on the character beats and the human emotion and showing that, just like even in King Kong, man is a true monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like that gets the point across better in a sort of passive media like a show. Hmm. There's yeah, even, exactly. Like that that episode with the horde, I even think they they play their hand really well with like that section in the game ends up being, you know, you go underground and there is a horde down there and they f- flip it on its head. Like there's all these rumors are talking about like nobody uses those tunnels because they're filled with infected and they go down there. There's nothing. And they hold back the horde until the very end of the episode. And I thought that was smart. And you know what, then showing how superstition again, and man is a true enemy. What people well, say, to the, people exactly. That people. was just it. The people yeah. in power in that settlement, keeping like the fear alive of, well, you can't use the tunnels because they're just, we drove all the infected down there. It's not safe. And then when yeah. they finally go down there, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. That's smart to me. That's just super smart writing. And also, adapting a video game we've seen so many bad adaptations i'm not gonna go into this is the first good adaptation no but you know what they were smart about how they use the game assets to tell a tv story yeah Mm. absolutely because they're not the same thing and (sighs) you either ruin the pacing or ends up making something that just feels cheesy like my favorite poking a fun at things that are dumb about video games moment is actually in that it's like the second or third episode where uh ellie tucks the the gun in her back waistband and joel's like what are you fucking stupid (laughs) like you'll shoot yourself in the ass Mm -hmm. i i i have to say like some of the high points for me were the the banter moments between joel and ellie i to be honest with you, I was one of those people who was not sold on the actress playing Ellie initially. Bella Ramsey. Yeah, Bella Ramsey, thank you. And they won me over completely. She's great. She's really good. <clears throat> yeah. Fantastic. Um, completely embodied the character perfectly. Same with Pedro Pascal. The, the, the choices uh, of casting in this show were perfect. Perfect. Pedro Pascal is a goddamn national treasure. He really is is. now for sure. But I mean, um, Mandalorian, unbearable weight of massive talent. His recent appearance on Hot Ones. Everything (laughs) he touches is gold. Yeah, but no, I I was very very pleased with their banter and their sequences together. the The show was beautifully shot, well done. I I was absolutely pleased with. The first season. Where do you want to see the ne- next and subsequent seasons go, Rich? I mean, obviously, we know where it's going to go story wise. Yeah, I, I hope they kind of take their time a little bit more. Um, like, for one, I'd like to see them act out what was one of my biggest complaints about The Last of Us 2, which is I think telling the Abby and uh, Ellie story more congruently rather than all of one up front and then the other yeah. is a better way to do it. I just think it's way more interesting. Um, it makes more sense in a TV format anyway. With the yeah, I think audiences it would make no are accustomed to an A and B plot format. I think it would make no sense to tell it the way the game does. I also wonder because obviously it's a bigger story, and they've already stressed that they're going to tell it over multiple seasons. There's a lot of flashback sequences in part two, but I'm wondering if they're not going to tell those as flashbacks 
and maybe kind of do some of that stuff like in between first. Yeah. If just for the sake of like aging up Bella Ramsey correctly. I was, I was actually going to say that because she is nowhere near the age. Ellie well, would the be funny in. thing is she's actually in real life. In she looks, is the, yeah. Yes. In she looks, looks, no, so in actuality, young. she is the age Ellie really is in yeah. part two. Yeah, but yeah, she. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they can do an awful lot with, you know, just wardrobe and makeup as, you know, and hair sure. to, to change that. But still, she looks so young. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have to ask, um, again, I'm just going to say, because we already said spoilers, um, just from what I, and again, I've never played part two. I just know part of the story. Do you think the show is going to lose something by losing a main part of the main cast of the first season. No, no. Um, also, it's gonna suck. To, it's gonna suck to see him leave. Kind of like a Ned Stark situation well, because yeah. you know. Also, the game doesn't lose him entirely because of the way it formats a lot of that flashback stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering how that's going to be handled in a that's, television setting. That's a good point, and that makes me think that they won't front load the flashback stuff early on because having him pop back up throughout the seasons is going to keep people watching they're going to be like when is he popping back up because obviously he's so loved right now that it would make perfect sense to leave him in the subsequent seasons in that way important thing though and i'm excited for this tommy's inflated role in part two means we're going to get more uh gabriel luna as tommy and he's another fucking gem yeah yeah that's very, very true. I mean, also, the show doesn't seem to be afraid to expand on things where it feels necessary. I re- remember people gushing about the Nick Offerman episode. Yeah. So it seems like they're willing to, like, really push, like, it, like pu- push out, like, some plot points to make it yeah, worth that's, the TV. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about, Rich. Actually, thank you for the good segue, Ray. Uh, they obviously wove some of the... Uh, DLC stuff into the first season with uh, Ellie specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think we're going to see a little bit more of that in the subsequent seasons, or is is that pretty much? Was there other DLC? Well, not other DLC. I didn't know if we we're going to see any more impact from that DLC in subsequent seasons. Is I mean, you 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 already do in part two. Like, I think the left behind stuff becomes sort of vital. Like, they talk about that a little bit more, and I think especially in the TV format, it was more important to tell that story. Uh, especially mm-hmm. the way the earlier episodes are writing where like Ellie's clearly hiding something about, you know, the night she got bit and what exactly happened. Right. Well, you right. have to, well, you have to buy the season pass to get those episodes. Uh, I was really disappointed uh, when, when I watched that episode, because I was looking forward to the part where I was going to get to play Jack X combat racing and it never came up. Sorry, man. See, but the, they did have some good be the next show. Jack they had some Dexter. good referential humor to that. Mortal Kombat 2 and stuff like that. Which I yeah, I did cool. like that they replaced the fake fighting game from the uh, from the Last of Us game with them actually talking about Mortal Kombat instead, because I find that way less corny. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I'll say this. I'm excited for the subsequent seasons. I know that there's going to be a lot of controversy surrounding those, and I uh, can't wait to hear that shit redredged up. But no, in all seriousness... I am really excited for it. Oh, I don't use the internet, so it's fine. Wait, are you saying gamers like the bitch? They'll I'm saying everybody likes the bitch, my dude. I feel like gamers are a special breed. Yeah. And I'm someone true. who's like obsessed with like political news. That's true. That's true. Good point. Um, 
Is there any other major news that we need to discuss before we just talk about the games that we've been playing? No. Anything else you guys want to bring up? Well, I'm just no. going to bring up because you guys are talking about TV. The newest season of Star Trek Picard is pretty much exactly what the show has was supposed to be from the get-go. Yep. Yep. I'll like, yeah, because we're, we're still at the time of recording, still in the midst of the season. I don't want to talk too much about it, but yeah, I'm, no, I'm just gonna say thoroughly it's, pleased. It's, thoroughly pleased. The fan service level is amazing. The plot they're telling, it's like it gives me vibes from TNG, DS9, Voyager. Like it just hits all these good notes. Yeah. One it's thing a shame I, it's a final season. It is, but I think it's it's a good note to go out on. I, the one thing I want to discuss really, really quickly before we get into the games we've been playing, I noticed this, and I don't know how I didn't notice it up until this point, that gold, that quote-unquote golden era of Star Trek, which is TNG, DS9, and Voyager, I didn't realize it until recently, is a lot of their acting, and it makes sense with Patrick Stewart, is like stage acting in TV show format. So mm-hmm. when a lot of um, when I see a lot of like different forums on social media of people complaining about new Trek, I think that a lot of fans miss that stage acting style in a TV show. And the thing I've kind of realized is that doesn't really work in 2023 anymore. I mean, people aren't yeah. as interested in that unfortunately we want and i think that's serialized storytelling we want dramatic like the drama is higher i mean i even saw a thread online of people bitching about how the ships in star trek don't have carpets anymore yeah it's like such minor stuff but it's like you know it's like also that was a federation and i saw a good explanation that was a federation at peacetime decades and decades of peace dominion war happens all bets are off and they they they've really never quite recovered from that if you look at how they're treating like their being nowadays yeah no no i absolutely agree with you excuse me but i think like people complaining about new trek i think there are some valid criticisms there um but i also think that people sometimes don't realize why they don't enjoy something and i kind of realized that that stage acting um not being present in newer trek is probably part of it not all of it i mean there are many other reasons but to get back on topic yes the this season three of picard has been phenomenal i've been trying to encourage any friend i know that likes star trek to watch it because it's been great. Like I, I told my father, who's a guy, who's a person who got me into Star Trek. It's like, have you seen season three of Picard? He's like, no, not yet. I haven't even seen the first two. I'm like, you don't need to watch the first two. You can I think totally those, those are both still decent. But I got to say also, standout for me this entire season, Jerry Ryan, I feel like gets seven of nine better now than she ever did during Voyager. Yeah, I, I think a big part of that was the writing. Um, there was there was a lot of conflict during Voyager. Um, we don't need to get into it on this podcast. That's something you and I can discuss privately. But yeah, I think she she definitely has got the role down much better now. Um, I've liked to see. I've enjoyed seeing the evolution of the different TNG characters, both minor and major. That that'll keep spoilers hopefully to an absolute minimum. 
um, pop up and how their characters have evolved over time. I think the show does a really, really good job of not just bringing back characters and having them be the same that they were 30 years ago. Like you said, this is a no, completely different federation, a completely different Starfleet. Um that these characters have evolved so drastically that their essence is still there, but they are different people than they were. And I, I've really enjoyed seeing that play out on screen. And I just got to say, that's a major theme of this season because it is like the one last ride season that they kind of promised where they're bringing everybody back, you know, and I'll just say, cause he's there from the beginning. So I don't feel like it's a spoiler. Will Riker is delightful as ever. Jonathan Frakes. But how's he yes. treating chairs? He he I don't I haven't seen him dominate any chairs yet because Damn the shame. chairs well the chairs are generally higher backed. So mm. you don't get to see him like Damn swing shame. the leg over to alleviate his back pain. I recently yeah. had a conversation with my father where I had to explain to him what Riker dominating a chair means and when I re- explained it to him he was like, "I guess he does do that a lot." It's <laughs> called the Riker maneuver for a reason. Yeah. Now, and one last thing I do want to say, I also feel like uh, the character Raffi. I was never such a big fan of the actress just because I feel like my opinion of her is poisoned of her short time at the beginning of Law and Order SVU. Hmm. And she was kind of ill treated, I feel like, as a character in that show. So she never really got the chance to shine. I feel like this season, again, like how Jerry Ryan is so great at seven to nine, I feel like uh, something hurt. I carry her name. Uh, but I feel like the character Raffi finally is getting their due. I, I would agree with that. I like two two quick things there, and then we can kind of move forward from here. One, I, I saw a recent uh, interview with Michael Dorn on the Shuttlepod show, which is a podcast hosted by uh, Connor Trenier and Dominic from Star Trek Enterprise. And he actually talked about um, Raffi being on the show and his time working with her and how much he enjoyed working with her and their chemistry that they have on screen. Um, Michael Doran plays Worf, of course. And so I was very much looking forward to seeing how that plays out. But also I've seen a lot of people online bitch about uh, Rafi's little quote unquote side story happening on from the main story and talking about how it was killing the pacing of what was happening in the quote-unquote main story playing out on screen. And I don't entirely disagree that the pacing has been a little bit off whenever they switch to her character and her storyline, but I feel like so many fans nowadays and so many people, just because of the way we've been consuming uh, TV shows and movies, especially TV shows where it's like you get a whole season just dropped on you that people forgot like build up happens over time. And especially with TV shows when you used to have to watch them weekly, I want my story to now. See, you, you have to wait to see how that story plays out. I think a lot of people have forgotten about that. So they're like, Oh fucking this, this part of like, it's so boring. Like, why is this happening? And like, people are just complaining about it. It's like, wait for it to develop. Obviously there's a reason for it being in the show. Give it time and give it time to get to where it needs to go. And I've, I've enjoyed her storyline overall. And I just wish people were a little bit more patient with that stuff. So. Well, and to your point, you brought up earlier, especially for TNG, they're used to the stage acting. Mm. 
So they weren't used to necessarily A plot, A plot, B plot. So, and what we're seeing here, and, you know, I'm telling you right now, like, the plots are converging. It is, it's going to keep the A plot, B plot thing, but we are seeing it all come together. And my last point about the show before I want to get away from it is I just, you brought up Worf before. I have to say, um, the way he's aged, it has almost been better for Worf as a character because the amount of makeup he's wearing is obviously so much less than he had to wear in the next generation. Right. I can't imagine the hours he spent in a makeup chair every day. I think, it, I think he said it was like three and a half. It looks like it's been cut to a fraction of that because he still looks like Worf, but like the makeup is so minimal by comparison. I'm just like great evolution in that aesthetics part. Yeah, I think so too. I, I'm glad that they didn't do like the, the cling. It would have made no sense. The Klingon look from uh, Discovery. That would have been oh, hilarious. Yeah, no, no. Would have been like that. Yeah. Would have been but confusing. I yeah. I I would imagine the actor's seventy years old. I'm sure he's like I'm not sitting in a chair for four hours doing makeup. Cut it down, kind of thing. But now yeah. all we need is the one episode where we see Alexander and his ship gets blown up in ten seconds. <laughs> and you go ah closure. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. But yeah, I, I, I'm thoroughly pleased and I can't wait to see the newest episode. I haven't watched it yet. So we'll be discussing it later, Ray, for sure. But let's get to some games that we've been playing. Um, it should I'll, be quick. I'll, yeah, it, it should be quick. I'll go first on that. I know I've been talking a lot lately. I apologize. I'll get myself out of the way. It's fine. I mostly uh, tune you out anyway. I think we all just missed have doing this. I, I think that's kind of part of it. It's like we all they say, oh, yeah, we want to talk. This is fun. Yeah. Um, the Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC, the one that came out, yes, three years ago, almost four years ago now. I'd been sitting on it. And the reason why I'd been sitting on it is because that was the year I decided to play everything on hard. And there's one mission in that in that DLC. See, like saying right? things that are hard. Shut up. This ain't your massage chair. Um, yeah, my massage chair is a guy named Rick, a.k.a. Bench benching guy Rick. You know, he's an, an uh, inducted macaroni rascal. Yeah, Oddly enough, that's also the name of one of the dildos behind Josh. Feels good. You know what else feels good? Someone's mouth on my wiener. Go ahead, Jack. Hey, but I I had been sitting on that because that that one mission was just excruciatingly difficult, and I, I read online a lot of people struggled with it, and so I'm I've been trying to beat it off and on over the years, and then I realized why why keep the difficulty on hard? This isn't fun. So I just turned it down to normal. And Implying I, video games are fun. Yeah. And so I just beat the rest of the game or the DLC on normal difficulty. And I was like, okay, that was nice DLC. I should have done this years ago mm-hmm. instead of forcing myself <gasps> to suffer, as it turns out. But no, that is a nice not, story. Yeah, it was a great DLC. I, I wanted to knock something off my list um, for a while now. That's kind of, if I'm going to play any video games this year, for me, it's really going to be catching up on my backlog not. <laughs> um i yeah i haven't played much the Me only either. other things i've really played recently was uh i've been playing through fantasy star 2 um that was one of the things that i've been wanting to do for years i've never beaten that game it's, it's cool it's, it's something that like i used i down 
I doubt I own the game, by the way. So that's why I'm saying this on the podcast. I have no qualms with saying this. I downloaded an emulator for my uh, phone two phones ago, and I was playing it on my phone. Um, You're going to delete those uh, ROMs after 24 hours, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. And um, <laughs> I, I was playing through it, and then my phone eventually broke, and so I never finished the game. And it's one of those things I've been wanting to finish for years now and so um i've been sitting down playing through that i'm almost done i've been grinding for the last dungeon i have to do uh the past i don't know past day or so just grinding that out but i really enjoyed that game there's there's one thing i kind of wanted to note with you guys because i think this is something that kind of got lost in the shuffle has anyone here played through and beaten Fantasy Star 2 before I go for I it? don't know if I've beaten 2. I can tell you I played a, a substantial amount of it. I haven't played it in years. Okay. I've never played a non-online Fantasy Star game. Okay. And then Josh, I assume that's a no. No, so. not unless I haven't completely forgot it. Right. Which is possible. Yeah. Listen, sure. that, that happens my more mag, and more. Not there. I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I keep lists now of all the games I play and beat. Yeah. I have to do that just because everything blends together. But ever, like the gaming world, and understandably so, lost their collective minds when Aerith died in Final Fantasy VII. Well, I didn't get that uh, far yet! Fuck! <laughs> fucking shit, man. It's a 27-year-old game. Part 2 is not even out yet! Wait, we're not talking about a remake? <laughs> yeah. No, we're talking about original. We're talking about uh, original. Oh, yeah. Uh, Remake's a new drawn. story. Remake's a new story. But in original, Aerith dies, right? And the world oh, lost wait, their collective minds. Okay, we already cleared that up. Yeah. In Fantasy Star 2, um, the main character, Rolf, which is um, the descendant of the main character from the first game. Yeah, the piano-playing dog. That's right. Yeah, the, ma- the main character. Exactly. Is, is run- running around with uh, a character named Ney. Um, they're, they're Who is around. not a horse, somehow. <laughs> Thank you. It's very Thank confusing. Thank you for that clarification. You're welcome. But... Basically, the first part of the game is you figuring out why are all these monsters on the planet? How how do we stop them? Why isn't rain falling? Because at this point, it's a futuristic society that can control the weather. However, the we- it's not raining. The causing- weather dominator's broken. It's actually called climate troll. But um, it's causing arid conditions. People are suffering, so they, they are tasked, Rolf and they are tasked with setting out to figure out why are all these monsters here what is going on with the weather controls um they of course get party members to join them and stuff like that and they come to find out that nay is a clone um and there were other clones like her and one of the uh clones went out of control and basically created all the monsters and and also got gotten control of climate troll and so basically, you have to kill the clone of Nay, but in doing so, the clo- uh, Nay also dies. So very similar to what happens with Aerith. And I think that a lot of people had kind of forgotten or had never played Fantasy Star 2, so not aware that like there's that heartbreaking moment in a game before Final Fantasy 7, right? And I had I'd gotten to that. I had already played through that once before, but... Uh, I completely forgot about that actually 
this playthrough. So I was like, oh, fuck, that is a really sad moment where you lose one of your main characters. He's <laughs> kind of been running around with you. But, and there's no immediate replacement. Like, it's not like a FF5 where you lose Galoof and immediately get his daughter. It's nothing like that. I mean, you, ha- you have already have got- gotten all your party members that you can in the game at that point before that happens. So there's Maybe no, I'll like... grind with Shinji so much. I mean, you can yeah. shuffle... Art- <laughs> I can definitely shuffle told you art- <laughs> You can shuffle other party members into that her slot, but it's like no, no character replaces her they don't use the same weapons they don't serve the same role tell me more so. about shuffling into her slot y'all just we, we can't keep can't doing your inner jokes on here you know see when we did this show every week we could get like one or two of those an episode now when we come here once a month there's like 14 jokes like that yeah i know i was like non-stop them. slammed with them <laughs> it's okay though it's okay because i've had a month to not deal with this i can deal with it today <laughs> you have a but, thicker skin for it yes exactly exactly <laughs> a thicker foreskin uh, thank you i was gonna make it's that a joke. medical condition <laughs> uh, but yeah i've been playing through that and the only other thing i've been d- really playing is i've been playing uh heroes of might and magic 3 which is an old computer game it's a brand new game <laughs> i've been playing it with some friends online um you know i reconnected last year with some old high school buddies of mine um and we've been playing other games off and on i mentioned we'd been playing sea of thieves earlier this year we fell off that one and so now we're playing heroes 3 for a bit and we're gonna play some diablo 4 this weekend which it's cool i'm reluctantly excited for i'm not kidding be careful with the diablo 4 because i've read uh articles saying apparently gpus have been overheating to the point of bricking Jesus. And that Blizzard's looking into it. So I'm assuming he's playing it on console. Yeah, I'm playing. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, you're in Japan. PCs don't exist there. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully my eight year old console will be able to handle it. But mm-hmm. um Yeah, I did I did read about that. Yeah, that's kind of worrisome. We'll see what happens there. But I mean that's really much it for, for me for games. I haven't like I said, this year is really much about me bettering other parts of my life so gaming is kind of taking a large backseat to that but yeah managed to fit a little bit of gaming in there so yeah josh what have you been playing in the past month and a half since we've talked um a few new things uh finally got a hold of the metroid prime remaster because i was trying to get a physical copy and that thing was you sold out forever um I don't think they were expecting people to want a physical copy of that old game because they just did not seem to print anywhere near enough. No, they do that, that on purpose. Remember they did that with when they re-released the original Fire Emblem, that special physical edition that no one could get? Yep. Okay. No, N- Nintendo is the king of artificial scarcity. That's not a thing anymore. Nobody's going to a store asking about this. You just put it in your cart and they send it to you when it's there which makes it even more artificial between them and disney they both know how to do that very well no it's their favorite thing in the world it's going back in the nintendo vault Mm. you guys remember that stupid disney vault shit yeah yeah that was the joke the funny thing about that is it's not just disney now most Blu-rays only get released for like, like a single one. A lot of one physical media. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's it's almost impossible to find anything that was remotely, you know, not mainstream after like three or four years. Sure. It's just the copies dry up. Yeah, like, where's my special 4K UHD copy of Stop or My Mom Will Shoot starring Sylvester Stallone? You left it here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember? But anyway, it is... Pepperidge Farm members. I remember. Basically, you know, the same game as far as, like, the way you remember it, which means it's not the same game at all, but, it, I mean, it's the same game. Um, they didn't, like, rebalance everything, which I like. Um, like, I started playing the game, like, oh, I've got dual stick controls, I'm just gonna play it like a normal shooter. Um, and that works for the beginning of the game, you keep going on, more enemies show up that are doing just, like, stupid dodging stuff from your shots and whatnot. Stuff that would be not fun to play with a traditional dual stick shooter, but this is a game where you're meant to lock onto the enemies. Um, and so I had to go back to actually playing it like an old game, like the way it was mm. actually meant to be played, which is great. Wait, can you not lock on in the dual stick mode? No, you can just fine. Um, oh, okay. it's just, there was no reason to lock on early on other than scanning shit. Um, yeah, not like, necessary. I, the, the only thing the lock on does for you is gives you, access to the dodge ability, which you don't have unless you're locked on. Um, but, again, like, it's, it's not until the end that you really need that lock on. Um, but then once I got to that point, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, let's, let's play this game the way I remember. Um, and it works pretty well. I still think you have the option to play uh, more similarly to the Wii release with the lock on but then you can still have motion controls to uh to do like fine tune aiming which is neat for leading some enemies um that's the way to play i tried playing with that but using the thumbstick instead and that does not feel remotely as good to try to be locked on but still move your aim point um Mm. With the thumbstick, it just it did it doesn't work as well as it did on the Wii with that sort of hybrid thing. It's that that fine control works a lot better with the motion controls, um, and also it was never balanced around that anyway. So just being locked on with your aim point in the in the same spot is fine. It was just that, that Wii version was slightly easier because you could get away with some much more precise stuff with that but anyway it's fun played through it i kind of i understand that they're trying to make it as faithful to the original as possible but with these re-releases i kind of wish you had access to all the difficulty modes right off the bat um because like i've played the shit out of this game before i didn't need to go back through on normal to unlock hard um yeah that shit's a little annoying uh, That's other, than, other than like forgetting like the speed run type tech like okay there's hidden shit here and as long as you've got a missile I can get it way early I'd forgotten a, a lot of those locations for like stuff for the scavenger hunt near the end of that game that I'd played it so many times before 
that I used to like go through there and yeah, there's some pretty easy sequence breaking. Yeah, yeah, you can just grab a ton of crap out of sequence if you just know where it is. But I'd for I'd forgotten a lot of that because it's been, you know, at least a decade since I'd played that game last. That that Wii but, release is definitely the last time I had played it before this came out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I played it on the Wii whenever that came out. Probably a couple times to play it on hard as well, just because it felt so good to play on the Wii. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. Had forgotten a lot of that. It's it's fun. It's fun to see how much you remember, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. There's still moments where you like you enter a room and it's like, oh, this is all coming back to me. Yeah, exactly. Like I remembered huge, huge chunks of it, and then every now and then it'd be like, where do we even go from here? Because um. One thing that this game does, I'm torn on this. This is one thing that I, I never really liked about Prime, but also I understand just from an ease of use thing, keeping that large of a space in your head, that, that's, that's too much to ask a lot of people for. Um, it just tells you to where, where to go after you have wandered around for long enough. Um, I'm an advocate of it, though yeah. I do think you should be able to turn it off. Yeah, I, I wish that was an option. I, with with the Wii release on, like, I, yeah, it's a little frustrating. Like, I wouldn't turn it off, but I am in favor of the ability to turn it off. Yes, um, I'd forgotten that they did that in this in this game, and it just feels completely antithetical to, like, just kind of that Metroid exploration. Yeah, yeah, uh, feel for sure. But it, it does take a while to wanting to shut up. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it's frustrating because you're not even. It's a hard line to to do because a lot of times you'll get a new upgrade and be like, "Oh, I remember eight different places where I can go use this thing right away." Sure. You're going to do all that stuff, and by the time you're ready to move on... It's telling you where to go. It's telling yeah. you where to go, and you've not even checked all the locations you know you can use that new ability yet. Sure. Um, like, yeah. Early on, it almost never popped before I got to the new location, because there's just so little going on. But near the end... When you're getting, al- when you're almost, getting into the, yeah. the massive scale backtracking, yes. Yes, exactly. And then mm. you get to the very end, and there's that scavenger hunt, like I said, and none of that is is shown to you. You have to yeah. find that out all, all on your own. So, I'd like, it's it's a good... Odds are you've already found some of that stuff by the time you get yes, that far yeah. in the game. But... Exactly, but I think it's a good compromise as far as that goes. Like, as far as getting you through vast chunks of it, and then you get to the end, you're like, oh, I hope you've learned all this. Um, so, like, it's... I'm gonna have to learn. Yeah. Learning is the worst. It sucks. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was fun. Fun to go back through that and, and like you're saying, find out what you still remember from, yeah, yeah, from going it's back neat. to a game that old. It's so. one of those like unlocking a memory things where like walking back into one room and you'll be like, all of a sudden I'm fucking 12. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, like, how did you finish the game overall then? Is it all done? Yeah, yeah, I finished it. I haven't gone back through it on hard yet. Um, but yeah, I, I finished the game. That's cool. That's dope. I, I, I really want to pick up that game someday. Um, I think I'm a little too distracted right now, I would say, to probably pick up any new oh, games. Yeah. 
I needed something a little bit more simple and more fam- familiar as I've been playing games, but that's dope. Oh, Have you played any other games recently, or has that just pretty much been it? I've actually played a decent, not a ton compared to every other year, but I played nothing last time, and then this time I played a few things, which, you know, it had been a while, so it was it was mm. finally time. I played I played Metroid Prime Remastered, which is, you know, fun, just kind of, not mindless, because, again, I'd forgotten a lot of it, and more than I expected. Right. Um, but... Yeah, just kind of didn't have to think too hard about it. But anyway, um, also been playing a decent chunk of Pizza Tower. I'm not, I've not finished that yet. Uh, I, I did not I start that, video when it, on that when it first came out. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's been out long enough for me to have finished it, but I've, I've only had a couple, you know, three, four sessions with it so far. Um, mm. It is excellent. It is a... Uh, I hear nothing but good things. Wario, what is it? Is it three or four? I think it's four. Well, it's like Wario Wario Land. Wario Land like. Wario Land like. Yeah, I can't remember which numbered version that. I think it's it's like three or four when they switched to that format. But anyway, three. It's three. Is it three? All right. Yeah. It's been forever. Um. Yeah, yeah. It it's it's doing some really cool things with that idea with that sort of format. Um. Or like you've got the the standard level, tons of hidden crap to collect, and um, enemies that slow you down rather than kill you, right? Which is good because that's frustrating, uh, but not like time wasting. Um, mm-hmm. Which I like. Um, it's got a good feel to the way they. Um, the move kit is really fluid, really expressive, but also extremely hard to master at speed, especially. Like, there's, there's, um, the kind of big conceit here is that you are going through the levels of this pizza tower to go destroy a pillar in the level and then make your way back out before the level collapses on you. Um, which means you can take your time, screw around as long as you want on your way to find it and then you need to have a good path out which mm. means mastering that movement at speed which is extremely fast once you are moving at full tilt um mm. with like wall running and just there's there's a ton of stuff going on uh that kind of pushes you into this you really should master this movement system sort of a feel um right that I have been really enjoying, not doing great at, um, but <laughs> enjoying. Like I, I might get there eventually, because um, it seems like they. I mean, they're gently nudging you in that really learn it, really master it sort of a framework, and then there's additional stuff to unlock that is like really forcing you to mm. be actually fast and and skilled at at that movement uh that right. I really like um and then I I think that the big I think part of the reason it's been catching on so much is just how the game looks it is gorgeous it is that 90s grungy 
animation style like that like that that sort of mid to late 90s just nasty looking animation um which is very evocative of Wario Land in, in yes. its own way. Like, not exactly that, but, it, like, it makes you, like, oh, I could see, yeah, this has got that edge to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, it's kind of gross. Yes, yeah, I, I love it. I, especially with, like, the theme of it being food and whatnot. So it's, like, it's yeah, food, yeah. it's gross food. It just, it feels right. Like, it, it I've, I've really, really been enjoying my time with it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be sucked in to the point of like trying to master these levels and speed run the whole thing the way that seems like they're kind of it's built trying that, yeah. trying to build to that or not well i'm I'm not sure well i think it kind of depends how much i feel like i've actually mastered the movement by the end of the game whether it feels right. like that's just gonna be beating my head against the wall or not um sure because at the moment i don't feel like i'm ready for that at least you know on a level by level basis <laughs> Like, it's not mm. something I want. Like, Neon White is made in a, such a way that, like, you do a level and you immediately want to go try that level again. Um, like, it feels like you're just, you're learning the levels more so than the movement. And there's there's a ton to master with the movement, too. But that is kind of the slow mastery type stuff. Whereas, oh, you're just, you're just learning the level um, is kind of the minute to minute. Um, loop sure um so anyway yeah mm. really been enjoying that yeah it looks like a really really fun game definitely something i would love to play so i gotta put it on my short list of when if and when i start playing video games this year i gotta get mm -hmm. around to it yeah yeah fun times yeah. fun times so i i've been playing that i've also been playing uh a few games that i've talked about before have like hit 1.0 in this last month and so I've been wanting to pick a lot of them back up the only one I've picked up again so far is Spin Rhythm XD which is just one of the best rhythm games in a long time like there's um I mean I say that and then um Hi-Fi Rush just came out which is of course a completely different thing but anyway this is like that's a pure, like a weird pure hybrid, rhythm game rhythm game um is just one of the best new takes on that formula of like how you're just going to i don't do know man trombone champ came out last year it seems like maybe you shouldn't jump to conclusions <laughs> yeah um but yeah since i've played it last they have added a ton of extra content to it just a ton more songs there are there were, I don't know, a dozen, maybe two dozen songs the last I played. It's been it's been a while since I've since I've messed with it, but they've got like sixty songs or, or something around there now. A lot a lot of good stuff. Um like a fun it's kinda light leveling system that'll unlock you new like track skins for you to, you know sure. visualizer type settings. Um basically. Um and a much better tutorial because early on there was a tutorial, but it was next to nothing. And they, they've done a better job kind of easing you into what the hell's even happening, which can be really overwhelming with a pure rhythm game. Um, just cause there's so much happening visually all at once. 
with something like mm. that. Um, yeah, they've, they've done a much better job polishing that up and making that uh, early game experience better. Uh, sure. I've heard good things great. about this game, actually. Uh, it's so good. It is so, so good. I'm... Um, I need to I need to look up if it's got a console release or not. But oh, that's yeah, that that might be um, useful. Also, like as as far as I'm playing it on PC is kind of my point of reference there. If it does have a PC, uh, a console release, which I I don't know about. But anyway, um, like it it really is made to play just perfectly with either a mouse or a trackpad, or I I think you can actually hook up one of those DJ pad things from like, yes, DJ I Hero. heard about from that. DJ hero. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that sounds insane. I think Vinnie Caravella tried doing that. Yeah. From next lander. I, yeah. They announced that they were going to support that like early, early on, but you know, almost no one has one of those like for, you know, like as well, far as anybody who'd be coming new to this, I think it's very unlikely. They're going to be hearing me pl- talk about this and not already have this game. So, um, yeah, and also the plastic instrument revolution. It's like either they have a closet full of shit, mm-hmm. but probably not the DJ turntable because no one bought that compared to the other games. Well, it was yeah. an announcement to start scouring garage sales. Yeah. Oh my god. It, yeah. <laughs> no, those plastic instruments. I gotta tell you, secondhand. Like I used to be into like on Facebook, like Long Island garage sale video game groups. Yeah. Those people are uh hardcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The stuff they're scouring for and plastic instruments, yeah, like it used to be a joke where they would just be piling up at a goodwill, but no, I feel like it's almost like a renaissance for that shit. It's hard finding ones that are in good condition is the the thing at this point. Like there are oh, yeah. millions tra- of them out there, but they're almost people all treat trashed. Them to- people treat treat them like toys. Yeah. And they basically were like, I almost feel like there would almost be like a market for like a um, restoring uh, them, not even restoring them, but uh, the people make like the uh, retro, like, like aftermarket control, yeah, like uh, instrument controllers, uh, no, of feel, higher quality. Yeah, yeah. What's that company? Like the the company the Apitio, and then also the Apito would be a good company. Also, that company released the uh, Game Boy slash Game Boy Advance hybrid thing. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. That uses the guts of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm going to chime in with that company name in like a minute, but I feel like that that would be like a smart market to get into. It's like, you know, pay $300 for this guitar that's like, you know, made with like brush metal and pewter. Like... We took the parts out of a Guitar Hero controller and put it in a real guitar. I mean, you know that's what? actually probably cheaper than... That probably would be more efficient. Yeah, you could get one of those, like, really crappy low-end guitars, but since you don't like actually need Squire... to pick ups in the right place... Yeah, or... like, a, like a Squire guitar, like a yeah. starter, one that you would pay, like, $120 for. Yeah. <laughs> and then just gut the hardware out of the guitar and put the hardware of one of those controllers in it. Yep. It'd be fun. We can start that company. Don't release this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's it. Analog. Analog. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, the analog pocket. Yeah. Yeah, analog. Like it seems like so if they got into like the plastic instrument. The analog market, Stratocaster. Yeah. Oh, I if they, they actually like got licenses with yeah. actual guitar companies, I could see that being a lot of fun. I think they use the eight bit Dio controllers though. Like they make their own hardware for everything else, but a lot of their controllers oh, yeah. are um 
like made by the other company. Oh yeah, I'm sure the, the a lot of those guitars probably have like weird like chipsets and sh- weird shit in them. So it's like actually probably not. They're pretty simple. It's just alternate inputs. Some of them. I mean, yeah, like Might, Ion. But, yeah, like I know, like Ion made that electric drum kit that actually acted like an actual electric. Well, it drum was kit. an actual electric drum kit. It just happened. It was compatible with that game, also. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I can see companies getting into that as like a boutique industry, as you know, what is retro and collectible is like this rolling tide oh, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Just as the stock runs out of a lot of these old consoles that I know people are refurbishing, you've got to move into other stuff, and this seems like it'd probably be similar enough skill set for for some of those. Oh, people. for sure. But back to the game you were talking to, like it also seems like a pretty good like the track list. Oh, from it's when excellent! I was... It's excellent, excellent yeah, track list. I heard nothing but good stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's got some really good. Uh, electronic and uh, video game uh, composer. And that's the thing. I'm I'm not um, a huge electronic music fan, but like when I hear like good electronic music, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm down with this. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it no, is it, it seems so like good. a good good example of that like I, like I know like you go to like Dave and Buster's or Round One or whatever, and sometimes those like dance games, the electronica lists like they seem incomprehensible. Oh, yeah. But even a couple of the artists on this game, I was like, I've heard of them, which is yeah. weird for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this one might have staying power. Like, it seems like they've kind of up front, like there's they've got the ability to add in your own tracks and make beat maps for them, which is huge for you like know, Audio Surf. Where that game on? Yeah. Steam? Well, I mean, I this, that's that's this is. The community is already there around a lot of these um, more niche rhythm games. I mean, uh, OS has a huge community just because, you know, the, the DS, DS games were excellent and then they just disappeared because, well, what else are you going to put that on? I mean, PC is the only place for it to go. So the community wanted more of it, made their own. Um, it seems like they're kind of supporting that from the ground up here, which is nice that, you know, even if we don't get additional tracks added officially, it should, shouldn't just disappear. There, there ought to be new stuff to play on this for a long time is my guess. Just given the, how devoted a lot of rhythm game fans are and also how excellent this game feels to control. Like it is just, a joy to play um just a lot of rhythm games you, you know you're just tapping along with something or whatever this one feels so fluid with i guess i've not explained what this is. I, I mentioned this forever ago um for anyone who was listening when it first launched in early access but i should i should get back to that uh spin rhythm as you may have guessed from the name is sort of a dj style um rhythm game where you are using a turntable that has alternating blue and pink sections that you have to line up with notes that are coming down a track towards you. Um, So you are rotating this ring that has a bunch of uh, 
sections you need to line up with the notes that are coming at you. Um, that's the most straightforward part of it. Some of the notes you don't just have to line up, you have to line up and then also click on the beat as it goes by. Um, with other sections that are okay in this section the entire ring needs to be freely spinning to the left you need to have grabbed it and spin the whole wheel left on the you know like left on the beat if it's one of those or right on the beat to match up with that it is such a smooth execution of it that it's just it feels like just a joy to play um mechanically which it sounds has... like almost like a throwback from uh i feel like as as popular as guitar hero and rock band were mm-hmm. i feel like the emphasis on licensing almost poisoned the well for like rhythm games to succeed long term oh yeah we need to we need to have this ridiculously expensive track list to throw yeah like oh it's like oh beatles rock band okay yeah that seems expensive whereas it was yeah wasn't that like a hundred dollar game or some shit no no well i mean it It was more expensive than everything else at the time and stuff yeah but now i feel like we're almost hitting this uh point of inflection where niche rhythm games can come back in a way that they should i mean one of my favorite yeah. games ever for the playstation the first playstation one was bust a groove mm. original music rhythm game different yeah. styles of music but you know what no one's licensing metallica no one's licensing van halen mm-hmm. like i everyone got obsessed with like it's like oh i could do all this yeah i could do metallica's career where it's just like okay but then now we're it's almost sucking the oxygen out of the room and this is not sustainable easy to forget that the original guitar hero was all covers for that all reason. covers you're completely correct yeah. playstation 2 all covers there are some 41 cover and i couldn't imagine some then, 41 was guitar very hero, expensive then. in guitar hero 2 a lot of them were still covers oh like, yeah like they, half they, of them that was yeah they, they still had like ones where like we they got the actual song this time but a lot of them were still covers yeah but you know what? These games also allow the artists to get their original work out there. Sure. Yeah. In a way, like in a way that's so accessible, and a way that's like earworms in a different way than just listening to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. There are a because lot of songs. There is a tactile part. I just remember thinking that... at the time uh, with uh, Guitar Hero that it was like harmonics. It's like interesting. To think of a game dev that has a house band that like. Yeah. That was the like you're like oh that's the house band they record all the songs they can't get the actual rights to for these games. Mm-hmm. Well, it almost reminded me of how everyone at NeverSoft started skateboarding when they were making all those Tony Hawk games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had like a half pipe in the office. It's like okay, okay to learn how just... it works. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You're a lot so of them said it's a little. Like... It's a little known fact that um, whenever you hear the little of Goldfinger. Superman that everybody was like fuck and grabbed their skateboards and ran out of the office it's a little known fact yeah you have to hey it's they the made that I mean that was the title so they of the ended goddamn the documentary yep and then they were actually there was a, a stipulation in their contract that when it gets to the part everybody in the office has to yell yo 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 well that was uh-huh. a curse from a gypsy oh and, okay and then eventually it was in the later games contracts. Unfortunately, yeah. Bam Margera had run of the office. Somebody oh, ran over man. the dog with a uh, 
with a skateboard. So it was he's like, my dad's fat, and they were like, yeah, kinda. Hey, hey guys, want to see me beat up my dad again? No, not really, Bam. No, not no, really. We're, we're we're good. Should we call someone? Like this is just elder abuse at a certain point. Yeah, for most of it, really. You know, what are we talking about? Rhythm games, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> makes sense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but, all right. No, I'm really oh, happy yeah. this game is like. It seems to be getting some positive buzz, and it let's again change that. <laughs> let's give it some negative. Let's shit on it. No, I'm just really happy to see uh, rhythm games starting to come out of the shadow. I feel like, especially oh, yeah. in the West, like Japanese rhythm games have always existed. You know, you'd always buy Hatsune Miku Project Diva X or whatever. Yeah, and guitar, like yeah, you know, that's or the karaoke mini games in you know Yakuza titles oh you talking about the singing bar mini game from like a dragon Ishin? exactly no but it's nice to see western studios kind of get out from under that uh again harmonics meant well they made a lot of money in the moment but i do i just feel like it was unsustainable because the american music industry is so cutthroat I don't know if that's the right word, but like there's just such high fees commanded for certain things, especially when you get into legacy bands. Like it's like, oh, we want to license Rolling Stones. Okay, so pony up. We can't. Then you cannot make this game. Honestly, I think that's only got a few more years of of going on. Nobody younger than us knows any of those old bands anymore because it's been too expensive to just be in the culture um it, it like, has i the, mean like the closest like spotify to... changes has changed things somewhat like somewhat. i see a lot of high school students and they can you know they'll tell me about like Beatles songs i'm like okay you're oddly knowledgeable mm. yeah yeah but i mean like even like when we were growing up those songs were licensed for commercials all the time all the time you don't hear oh, them all the quite time. as much as like it's it's just not a thing but, but I like every car commercial would have some oh, old classic yeah. song on it when we were growing up. I even remember though when it was a big deal with CDs, how big of a deal it was when uh the Beatles one came out. All their number yeah, one hits. CD, yeah. Yeah. You know, that red background with like the gold mm-hmm. one, like how big of a deal that was. No, it's it, it the music industry is so weird. I mean, now we see it even with a Ticketmaster, like if you want to see Taylor Swift, like well, that just those, those concerts are just for oil barons. Yes, it's it's for the yes. Play it again, Taylor. To industry. Yes, they reincarnated J.P. Morgan to be able to <laughs> afford going to a Taylor Swift concert. Oh uh, yeah. No, but I do. I like seeing that this stuff is crawling out from the uh, oversaturation of already over-listened to music. Sure. Because I do. I feel yeah. like it's a good venue for other artists to get their work heard. Mm-hmm. And at least, at le- you know what it is, at least one person is going to play this game and be like, I am now a fan of so-and-so. Yeah. We never heard of them. The electronic? There's probably an electronic band called So and So. Let's be honest. Probably. Well, there's absolutely, yeah. They, I think they. Uh, anyway, anyway, no. No, but I'm it's saying the, you know they, yeah. they there, get the, there they is, get their modest fees. They really didn't even care halfway through. Hold, hold on, Margo and the Nuclear So and Sos. Okay. That is the band. 
And uh, it has 148,176 monthly listeners on Spotify with the highest song having over 28 million listens. So they made so they made three dollars. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But um, sure. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Ray, I, I think I know what you've been playing lately, but how about you uh, tell us? Actually, you have no fucking idea. I have a weird list. I'm going to start from I've been fooling around with some weird stuff. So I don't know if I mentioned this last time I got a Retroid Pocket 3. You did. Yeah, so I got that. I've been playing around with that. So I have a new front end called Daiji Show, which is made um, in Taiwan, which is ironic because it's a Chinese-made handheld, and Taiwan is a country. I don't care what anyone says. Um, so I've been point test- on a map. Yeah, it's real though. It is. So I've been point. I've been playing some retro games to see how it works on Daiji Show and stuff like that. So first of all, let's talk about Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo. Let's. Honestly, weirdly good beat em up. Yeah, I remember that one. It's like the sprites are big, they're colorful, the music is great. They integrate like the enemies well with what you saw on the screen when you watch Batman Returns. Like, there's a lot of crap. Like, I feel like at that time, beat em ups were like an easy movie tie in genre. Mm. Sure. This one got a level of effort that I was impressed with. Great game. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to see a game. The Last of Us, the TV show, the, the beat game. Em up, the game, the TV show, the game. Oh, uh, okay. You know what? I would actually like that too. It's so like Street Fighter movie, Street Fighter Fight two, the, the movie, the, movie game. the game. I own a copy of that for the Sega Saturn. <laughs> I would love to see that. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Keep, keep uh, going. Wayne's World for the Game Boy, the original movie, Game, the game. Boy. This is a terrible game. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it would be, just given the themes of Wayne's World. Yeah, it, it any no sort of tie-in should game. be absolute trash. For I to... like that home improvement game where Tim Allen fights dinosaurs. That's a Super Nintendo. That game is oddly good. Uh, yes, um, it's amazing. So in Wayne's World on the Game Boy, Garth just gets a gun, and it's clearly based on the uh, shock thing he gets when he zaps the guy at the uh, bar. Where they see okay. the shitty Beatles. Yeah. And so it's not just a clever name. Yeah. And then oddly enough, Wayne can only kick, not punch, just kick. And I don't know, it's just one of those bad tie-in games. But then I was also trying some older stuff that I knew was better. So I played Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. Sure. That is still a good game. That's a great game. Yeah. That is a game that I almost feel like how um Link's Awakening got a modern remake yeah if six golden coins got a switch remake with like a nice storybook look to it in the same way it's got that that same kind of art yeah that would lovingly translate to that exactly like big sprites like we can get back bunny mario yeah but the carrot no yeah both both the super mario land games are are good the uh two two is better because they realized that they had to make something more different. They also they went at that point. Very different with also Super Mario big, Land 3 Wario Land. Also big yeah. sprites. Super Mario Land 1 yeah. had ve- was very tiny. Like the sprites mm-hmm. are very yes. tiny, so it was like it looked a little off. I feel like yeah. they did the same thing they did with Metroid 2. 
it was like really drawing the camera in for the better. Yes. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys are noticing, some slightly weird jumping physics, but it it works well enough anyway. Like it. Ex- yes, it works well enough anyway. So I actually have a little book because I I'm talking about the games I played. I had to write. I've them actually. Down. I forgot about that too. Since I got my analog pocket, I can't remember if I had that on our last show or not. You did. You guys talked about it in detail okay. last show. All right. I okay. thought I did, but anyway, yeah, I've been I've been playing both those Super Mario Land games as well. Still been just going back. They're all great. Times. And the funny thing is, like the Zeldas on the original Game Boy, they're so weird. Like yeah. they fit the form. They're experimental. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the funny thing is, not even in the same way that, like, oh, Zelda 2 was experimental in the sense it was completely different. Like, it still was, like, the top-down view, but it still felt different at the same time. Controlled the same, felt different. So, almost more approachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, PSP game I've been replaying. Um, John D. Yark? Oh, yeah. yeah. We talked uh, about that a little bit last time. Yeah, I was, John... I, yeah, I was, I was playing that last year at some point. Yeah, Joan of Arc as a Power Ranger. Um, yep. The best thing about the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus is it can easily upscale PSP games to two times the resolution. So it looks really good. Looks really good. That's a win. Yeah, sounds nice. Okay. Also, okay. Level 5, that was them at their best. I feel like they almost started going downhill at Yokai Watch because they tried chasing Pokemon and then... And then we're told that that was their assignment until the end of time. Yes. Actually, that's probably the best way of putting it. Yeah, they have kind of been stuck with a lot of licensed stuff. They have been, and it's a sad state of affairs because they're really talented studio. They're a very talented studio, yeah. Um, a game I played only because Shay saw a copy of it in a store for the equivalent of 6000 US dollars. Yep. <laughs> I briefly yeah. pre- played uh, Rekka. Yep. Which oh. is the most bullshit shoot 'em up I've ever played in my entire life. Excellent. High praise. I died in about like it, it's an NES. It's a Famicom game that came out when the Super Famicom had just come out. So very little copies were printed, hence the insane price that Shay saw in the store. Um it I think I described to him because he said he's like, could you he's like, could you just tell me what it is? So I played. I was like, it makes Ikaruga look like a cakewalk. Uh-huh. Excellent. It was like a bullshit on the highest level shoot him up. Also in the GBA, I have played all the way through for the first time. Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. It's a great game. Uh-huh. That's a fucking great game. Yeah. The funny thing is, it, maybe because I'm so addicted to like Aria of Sorrow. I didn't like it nearly as much. And I don't think it's as good as Aria of Sorrow, but Aria it is a great Sorrow game. Aria of Sorrow is borderline close, perfect. close to one of the best Castlevania games. I, I it, it's, I think it's it, right it's behind neck Symphony and for neck me. With, yeah, like I, exactly. I'm yeah. right there with you. So I didn't play all the way through back when. Mm-hmm. Fun to play, but I feel like some of the logic is a little bit off. Let's see, where am I on this? I was working on my 3DS. I modded it to do some homebrew stuff. Okay. And as a result, I restarted Persona Q, Shadow of the Labyrinth, because I never played okay. as the Persona 3 protagonist. Okay. Great game, plays like Etrian Odyssey. You Is know, you're mapping with Stylus. <laughs> yeah. No, the thing is, I've played with a lot of emulation on non-3DS systems. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like Steam Deck, and even the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus can handle it, but you know what? 
the fact that I have modded my 3DS, playing those, mo- you know, emulation on original hardware is going to be the best because... It's a bare novelty, for sure. Well, it's so unique. And the thing is, what I'm seeing now, Retroid, po- uh, Retroid just announced that they are releasing a clamshell system. Oh, yeah. Um, I am hoping this is almost a lead-in to eventually, at least some Chinese company eventually going all in on making a DS clone or a 3DS clone to be It more. makes sense. The thing is, it, it is. Steam Deck, it works. Is it ideal? No. Yeah. If we can right. get... Probably the best case scenario so far, because at least you have the touchscreen to work with. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But you know what? Distinct screens still are still like it just feels better. Like I played Elite Beat Agents yeah. well, that, for the first time in years. Yeah. And a few of those games have just their own weird thing going on with weird puzzles where like the 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 reflection of one screen into the other is like giving you stuff and like oh, I think Ho- they're Hotel playing Dusk with, does that. Yeah, Hotel Dusk does. There's a bunch of games that have done weird things with like, uh, oh, Zelda. now you need to close the thing to make imprint. Like, they did some really fun stuff with it uh, yeah. that I really so like. I th- and it, you just kind of, you miss some of that without playing it on hardware that's giving you the same, you know, tactile response. And you know what? Also, we're so used to capacitive touch where we touch with our fingers. Yeah. I have to keep on reminding myself to pull the, the stylus push. out. Yeah. No, they pull the stylus out. Like I'm like, oh, oh it's oh, yeah. bet. Like it'll read a touch, but the stylus is better. Yeah. Marginally better. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, Harmony. This is now actual um more modern stuff. Uh, my Steam Deck has turned into the Switch Pro. There you go. It's great. That I'm just gonna leave it at that. People can take that as they will. But the yep. two modern, quote unquote, because they're really not modern. Um, blah, 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 blah. Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. Oh, mm. yeah. I recently got back into Dead Cells because I was like, holy shit, if they're going to stuff Castlevania fan service into it. Oh, yeah. Already great game. Already great game. Right. I, need to, uh, I need to install that on my Steam Deck because I really liked that at the time. And that's how I played it with the return yeah. of the cast, you know, and just out of nowhere, I'm like, I met Richter. He's like, Oh, meet me here. And the remixed music, the music alone. Cause for Castlevania, like, let's be honest, it's one of those series where the music is iconic. Oh yeah. And they do such loving remixes and remakes to classic themes from across Castlevania, but they really oh, go cool. in on the 2d. Because they know where they're at. It's Dead yeah. Cells. They're not going to yeah. be like, oh, we're going to redo the music from Lament of Innocence. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not where they're drawing from. Right. Like, you meet Alucard in this. You can get a costume. You can eventually get blueprints to dress up like Alucard. That's oh, pretty yeah. cool. The gimme weapon, the weapon that they literally just give you when you mm-hmm. get into Castle, is the Alucard shield. Oh, that's okay. great. Oh yeah. That is the gimme weapon. You could eventually get the vampire killer whip. Like you know, it, it is it's everything you want. The thing is, um I never got that far into Dead Cells. Like I liked it. I just didn't get that far into it for whatever reason. That's my fault. So you'll literally run into points where you cannot advance because I assume you have some of the abilities you mm. unlock in the base game. Yeah. 
it's like, okay, so I guess, but luckily they have a handy supply of spikes along many walls where you just throw yourself into when it's time to start a new run. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, last game that I want to talk about, you know, hopefully Rich gets back when I'm talking about this. The Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure. Right. Came out last week. It is the sequel to Legend of Heroes Trails to Zero. It is the last inter like not interstitial, that's unfair. The last middle piece that we've been missing. This game originally came out ten years ago on the PSP in Japan. And we never got here. Mm. Okay. Um a fan translation project called the Geofront released a fan script mod for it if you bought it in Japanese. But then they quickly actually, within like a week or so of getting that translation out, got bought out by Falcom. (laughs) They actually contracted the fan translators. That's nice. Yeah. And you know what? They took down the fan translation. I understand. I don't blame them. And they said, like, listen, we are now working on the official Falcom translation of Trails to Azure. So they took down that translation and it finally came out last week. And I have to tell you, this might I'm only about 12 hours in, which, by the way, for Trails, the Legend of Heroes game is nothing. Yeah. It may be the best game that Legend of Heroes ever put out, and it's a borderline crime that the West is only getting it now. Mm. Because this game got two releases, uh, two to slash three releases already in Japan, where they had the original PSP version, and then they also had the Evolution version on the Vita. Um, the music is amazing. The translation is amazing. The gameplay is the best at where it's at because it's also the last 2d legend of heroes game hmm. afterwards they went into trails of cold steel which embraced 3d yeah. which involved some you know growing pains but you know what this game is absolutely amazing everyone who played trails of zero should buy it um it fills some gaps. Obviously, this is not where people should be starting with it. This is the worst place to start, actually. I think you should. <laughs> it's the worst place to start. Um, and I am fu- I'm very happy that now America is caught up on the back end part. Because now this summer we're getting Trails into Reverie. Which starts the next chapter of this series. Mm-hmm. And then in Japan, they have Kuro no Kaseki, so Trails into Darkness. And I believe the second game might already be out, because if you look at Spotify, they have already have all the soundtracks out, even in America. Okay. Damn. Okay. No, and they, they already said that these games are coming out in America, so, you know... We will not be let down. Yeah, like, Legends of Heroes... In much the way that like Persona 4 Golden slash Persona 5 signaled this coming out party for like a series that was always kind of around in America, but kind of low key. Yeah. I really feel like the Legend of Heroes saga is getting their due in the West. And we really are seeing like this. Not renaissance of JRPGs, because, you know, FF16 is still coming out. FF14 has still been chugging along. I liked FF15. I like the bromance. 
you know, we're just yeah. seeing some old school stuff Nothing with really modern gay about twists. It. Nothing. No, but like the old school still works. Like it, it, at this point, if yeah. someone's also, we're getting Code one and two still from because Konami f- remembered they make video games. They what? I've heard that. Yeah, no, they're releasing Code one and two. It. They found some paperwork about it underneath one of the uh, treadmills at one of their fitness clubs. Exactly. No, like if, if someone told me all of a sudden that, and you see like Live Alive with Square Enix, if if someone told me that Square Enix was suddenly re, you know, putting out Bahamut Lagoon in English officially, I'd be like. Okay, uh, about time. You know what like, I want them to put out? Uh, Racing Lagoon, that uh, that driving RPG they made oh, years yeah. ago that only came out yes. in Japan. Yeah, that one never got an official translation either. That would be that'd be awesome. No, and if someone told me, "Oh, Lufia is coming back," I'd be like, "Cool." Like it seems like these old properties sort of getting new breaths of life into them, and I'm very happy about that. That's a yeah, it's a win for everybody. All right, so that was my long list. Everything from Batman <laughs> Returns on the SNES to uh, Trails to Azure. And you saved the worst for last. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm going still. That was the joke. Oh, I thought you meant Trails to Azure. But yes, no, no, I no, meant you're, like... You're, you as a person, you're correct. Yeah. Some people like me. I like listen, it. Li- listen... Whatever your mom leaves you on a note. No, my mom does not like me. My mom does not like me. I just know your dad never hugged you. Mm -hmm. My parents do not like me. And I get it. Yeah, I mean, look at you. They're nothing to write home about either. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Or Rich, bring us home. Yeah, uh, so I really only played two things. um, And one of them I played for 40 minutes earlier today. Um, (laughs) The first one that I played a ton of and beat since the last time we spoke is Like a Dragon Ishin. Um, which is the spinoff of the Yakuza series, now known as Like a Dragon, also in the U.S. Um, this game is a few years old, but it originally only came out in Japan. So it was remastered for the PS5 and brought here to the U.S. It's sort of a, a side tangent story um, of the, the Yakuza series. Basically, the the main idea of it, the premise, the setup is... It takes all the existing characters we know, like Kazuma Kiryu and uh, Goro Majima from the Yakuza series, and transports them as different characters to Japan in the 1860s to tell a period piece story. Okay. Um, and honestly, it's fucking great. It's a really good samurai game. Um, weird thing, because I-, I feel it's important to say this, because I kind of get why this didn't come out in America the first time now more so than ever right i didn't they released a goddamn zombie game no 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 this is uh, hear me out on this the zombie game sucks but that's not the point this is so much more than just like a period piece this is literal historical fiction don't they give you like a glossary and like an insight yeah yeah i'll I'll get there yeah um like the character you are playing as who is the stand-in for kiryu is sakamoto ryoma like people who grew up in japan know who that is that is an right. important historical figure in Japanese history right. and other important historical figures. Like so much of this would go over the average American's head and would have gone over my head if I weren't looking up a ton of stuff as I was. It's it's basically the equivalent of like if tomorrow we put like put out an RPG here where it was like it's um Joel from The Last of Us. But in this, he's Abraham Lincoln. 
<laughs> so codename like Steam. Yeah, basically codename Steam. Uh, the a feature that made its way that Ray alluded to a minute ago that I hope just stays in future Yakuza titles is there's a glossary now. Uh, so when like a term comes up in dialogue that you as a Westerner might not understand, you can just pause it and it'll like explain the term to you. Like one of the first ones, nice. obvi- obviously, that gets explained away is this is set in Japan in the 1860s. So you keep seeing the term the city you're in, Kyo, tossed around. Kyo is what Kyoto used to be called. Yeah. Um, so they just, explain things before like they the need black, to specify the black that it was ships the and one. stuff. Yeah, like they explain like the use the terms of the black ships of like Westerners showing up in Japan, uh, like the Shogunite and the way they're referring to these different, uh, like the different terms for different level of like samurai and things like that. I just hope that they get the good sense to contract the voice actor who did the Codex and Mass Effect. They, they that, did a good job with this. They did a that, really good job with this. I want it voiced over by that guy. Oh, uh, there's no voiceover stuff, but... No, I'm saying, rear that guy from Mass Effect? Oh, no, he, I remember. He was damn good. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, beyond that, it's a Yakuza game, but in a totally different setting. It's an excellent samurai game. Uh, thing I've been heaping praise on it for, because I kind of hate when samurai fiction does this, because it's dumb and makes no sense. There's a lot of samurai fiction that loves to pretend like samurai. We're just like, we're honorable swordsmen and we hate guns. This game does not do that at all. The like, Last Samurai starring yeah. Tom Cruise. One also your, with White Savior Complex. One of your four fighting styles is just called Gunman. And Kiryu loves just whipping out a revolver and taking motherfuckers out. You have four fighting styles. You have your typical Yakuza barehanded. You have your normal swordsman stance with your katana. You have your gunman stance where you just have a revolver. And then you have an awesome fighting stance called Wild Dancer. That's katana in one hand, revolver in the other. That's weird, though, because like I remember guns in Yakuza games actually being kind of rare. Like they don't appear in mainline the Yakuza. They are exactly like historically. Yeah. It makes more sense here. Yeah. Oh, no, I get historically. It makes more sense. I just find it funny that the side story is just like motherfucker whole gun based mother yeah oh yeah yeah. and there's an equipment system where you're crafting new guns you're crafting new swords to change your stats which is also new for yakuza having like persistent weapons that you're like upgrading to change your your damage stats and stuff Hmm. um and it it tells a good dramatic like account of historical fiction and also still like a typical yakuza game has all the crazy weird uh, sub stories where you're tracing perverts around the city and shit like that. Um, Aren't you a cop in the game? Like that historical character that's the Kiryu stand in? He yeah, is a cop. You are equivalently what is a cop, yes. Uh, Ishigumi? You are a me- Shinsengumi. That's Shinsengumi. Um, Thank you. It's, it's a really convoluted. It, it, <laughs> I could see it being really hard to follow for somebody because you're like, wait, that's not Kiryu. But also, your character is Sakamoto Ryoma, who is hiding his identity and pretending to be somebody else so, in order to infiltrate the Shinsengumi. So we're about to see that uh, uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden coming out, the man who yes. did his name. So it's essentially the same thing. But also kind of. to animate perverts out there, especially perverts given the creator now and his shit coming out, uh, Rurouni Kenshin dealt with a lot of this. Yeah. The Shinsengumi in terms of cops who were allowed to carry swords and they were the only ones after the restoration. Mm-hmm. And does a good job of like portraying all of them as shitheads, and you begrudgingly like joining forces with them. But also, there's a lot of stuff like halfway through where a lot of them are shitheads, and you end up killing a lot of them. But also, there are good ones that are 
big surprise. The ones that are stand-ins for characters like Goro Majima are the ones that are actually pretty chill guys who are also in it for secret reasons. You know what, though? RGG Studio, I refuse to try to pronounce the studio's name because I butcher it every Ria time. So, RGG, great. Um, they are really good at that Japanese brand of melodrama. Yeah, and they nail it here as well. Yeah, and you know what? I'm so happy to see this game come out west. I haven't purchased it yet. I I will for sure because also great. I know it, it's, it's Steam well Deck. Worth it. It's Steam Deck verified, so also that's an easy purchase for me. Also, you know what it is? I'm just holding it because I have so much shit to play. And Sega, ever since they got into the PC market, they are not shy about things going on sale. Like sure. I think I bought yeah. like Yakuza Zero for like six dollars like at some point. Sale. Their stuff somehow, is like eighty um, percent off. Somehow yeah. I didn't bring this up yet because it's one of my favorite sub stories in the entire game. One of the sub stories is there's like a whole ass uh fucking Stardew Valley in this. Uh, you buy a house in the country that you can take a boat back to, where you farm and sell crops, and that's where the only character in this game reoccurring from the Yakuza series that is just using her existing name because I guess they didn't have a historical figure to attribute her to is Haruka. Your adopted daughter is in it, and she's just Haruka. It's introduced through a sub story where you meet this Shintao priest who uh, basically tells you the story of this poor girl who's going to lose her house because her parents died and she can't afford to like pay off the the building. And you, you know, Sakamoto Ryoma, such a humble guy, is like, I'll move into the house and pay for it. And, uh, you know, she could just do chores around to, to pay it off. So you end up basically adopting this girl and you can go back to the house regularly harvest crops and sell them there's cooking mini games where you can make food and sell it this all um, sounds amazing you can adopt dogs and cats that and you pet like them. yes can you can pet them? um yeah. and you sometimes the they'll dog. if you're good to them they'll just like bring you treasure the next time you go back to the house uh there's there's a lot of fun stuff to be i heard that you know what the best description i heard it was from dan reichert who said there's so much game in this game there's yes that's that's a very good way to put it there's there's a lot going on here there's a combat arena hidden away in one part of Kyo that i didn't find till i was like 10 hours in i mean yakuza has always had combat arenas i feel like since yeah. like two there's a lot of that stuff no, uh, it's, it just sounds like it sounds like a hidden gem that Se- again again sega is really like realizing the power of like you know, they own so much property. Like, you know, we think of Sega, we think of Sonic the Hedgehog. Fucking fine. They're releasing games for those weird perverts. But they're also re-releasing all the Persona games on everything. They're, you know, making sure Yakuza gets on PC and out there. Like, Sega is really, like, like, taking the lead in terms of Japanese companies making sure that shit goes wide. Sure. And they're succeeding. And I just think this is just another home run for them. Uh, it's nice to see one of these weird uh, Yakuza side stories, like, make its way here. Like, they, I mean, there were two of them. We got the other one. This is the good one. Next step is to get those PSP Yakuza games sure. remastered, just like what Square did for uh, Crisis Core. Yeah, no, I would, I would love to see that happen. I hope they're doing well enough to feel comfortable doing something like that uh, i'm trying to well, think I, hope, I hope crisis core did well enough to like sort of let Sega know like oh we could do this because mm-hmm. yeah, PS- psp is a weird thing like not dual analog it's 3d but not quite hd but you know what i think the the only uh, the last thing i wanted to note about this this game in particular is um 
I think one, if you haven't played any other Yakuza game, this is like so separate that you could have plenty of fun playing it. But for people that are like ingrained in that series, like you and I, Ray, I think one of the other really fun things is like when an important character, the plot pops up, it's like, oh, who's it going to be? Like in terms of the main, like when you meet like a general and it ends up being like the bad guy from Yakuza 2, it's like, oh, cool. Oh, no. Well, okay. so my first Yakuza game was Yakuza 0, which going back, I hate that that was my first Yakuza game because it's so referential. Exactly. So as good as it is and as inviting to newcomers. I feel like if I played it again, I did now, the same thing though. I played it twice for that reason. I played it when I finished Yakuza Six, also, and it's like yeah. playing a different game. It, it, yeah, just because like the you're, it's like holy shit, they they were working on so many different. It levels. also it feels like such a different uh, level to get the Goro Majima like origin story post what he was like in the original series. Oh dear fucking God. yeah. Well, uh, and you know what? The funny thing is, I have started the ps2 version where majima is voiced by mark hamill sure that is a very interesting way to get introduced to that character yeah it's uh strange only and his his spirit as the character he plays in this is alive and well being he is one of the he's the first division captain of the shinsengumi when you meet him and everyone else is always in like pristine uh robes and like ready to show off and his are constantly covered in blood that's perfect. You know what? They just right there, visual storytelling, they nailed it. And he, they nail it's like the same relationship he has with Kiryu. Like, he thinks all the other captains are assholes, but he likes you because you're the only one that like challenges him and he just thinks you're fun. Yeah, well, that that's that relationship is so core to the mainline story that anyway, they, just, they, they get translate it here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that's what Yakuza should be or like a. Like a dragon. I'm gonna yes. have a hard time not calling. I'm it never gonna episode. I'm never gonna change it. Like and not because I'm like being stubborn, it's just it's too ingrained in my head. It's just never gonna happen. You know what it is? You and I played so many of those games in like one year. Yeah, yeah. Like we both devoted like a year to just catching up when we realized we had been missing out. Oh, and you know what yeah, it's a weird thing. This is uh, this will be my last thought on this game in particular. A really weird aesthetic thing, and I get it culturally would have made no sense. It's weird to see those characters take off their shirts and not have massive back tattoos. Just didn't exist back then, right? Yeah, yeah. It just it just wasn't a thing. Um, for that reason, you still end the game with a fight on top of like the tallest building in the city. You're but, still on top of Millennium but nobody's, Tower. Nobody, nobody makes no sense. What, what would have been Millennium? Yeah, it makes no sense at all. They get transported to the future. It's awesome. Uh, but you, nobody takes their shirt off, mostly because they're wearing like kimonos, and that just wouldn't work. No, because I would say they would have been naked by the end. They would have ripped everything off. I, I think I remember face. Stingley I, <laughs> talking to you, Ray. I go, I'm going to tell you how Yakuza 7 ends because it sounds so outlandish. You'd be like, how could that even happen? It ends with you fighting the prime minister of Japan on top of Millennium Tower <laughs> with your shirt off. Yeah, no, it's like at, at this point, you know, it's weird that the judgment games are the restrained ones. It's a little bit crazy. And the last judgment game ended with some multi-billion yen scandal that was going to upend the Ministry of Health. Yeah, great game. Fantastic game. Not as good as Judgment 1, but still good. No, but still good. Um, But yeah, that's like a dragon Asian. Uh, It's great. I can't wait for more like a dragon. Cool. All right. Uh, So yeah, the other thing I've played roughly about an hour of is a game that came out today. 
Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, I'm a little bit further than that demo that came out the other week, uh, which means I've gotten a bit more of a feel for it. And guys, let's end the show. I want to go play that game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's really fucking good. All right, it's, thank you for... It's really fucking good so far. Uh, this is going to be brief, obviously, because I haven't played a ton of it, and I also don't want to spoil it. I just want to talk about some of the things that I've noticed are different. It's a 20-year-old game. Have you ran from a boulder well, yet? I don't want to... No, but that's I, I did the thing where the thing's collapsing and you dodge it. Far from important. Um, here's what is important. Things I've already noticed that they changed that I really like. Uh the attache case, obviously, still a thing. Um now you can buy different cases that have like modifiers. Okay, that just blew my fucking mind. So I so smart. My Amazon pre-order bonus gave me a gold attache case that makes it so enemies are more likely to drop money. Um, the case can also drop, uh, can also equip three charms that you can get from the merchant that add extra modifiers. So I also have a charm attached to it that makes it so when I craft handgun ammo, I get twice as much. Wait, are these gun charms? No, these are charms for the case. Okay. Yeah, the the, char- the gun have- charms were from uh, from eight. It makes sense that they yeah. kind of roll that back in. Well, I think like gun gun charms are just now in like all. You can attach shooters, three right? different. You can attach three different charms to your attaché case. Okay. Um, I, there's the fact a- that they blew out the attaché case system because that really is like they. I recently played a whole game based around that called Save Room. Yes, I yeah. love that. They're like, hey, they made they made inventory management in Resident Evil Four into a game, and I was like, sign me up. No, mm. and the fact that the remake was just like, let's just blow out this part that people keep on talking about in the internet. Yeah, they made it better. Could Capcom, in terms of remakes, it's I'm not sure it's possible to be doing better. I I can't see how. Um, the other immediate change, which is another fucking great one. The way the knife works, uh, anyone who played original Resident Evil 4 remembers the knife being vital because it was basically the ammo saver. You knock someone down, you just yeah. slice them up with a knife. The knife now takes damage. It's breakable, has to be repaired, and can be upgraded, but it's way more lethal. Like, the second you knock someone down, you can hit R2 to just sort of finish them off. Um, and on top of that, you can deflect literally anything with the knife. Yeah. You can deflect the chainsaw with the knife. It goes into an animation where Leon's holding the knife between his fingers and just, like, running it down the chainsaw. So Leon Kennedy is, like, some sort of, like, kung fu master now. Well, here's the thing, also. The original Resident Evil 4 was really ambiguous with, like, what has Leon been up to since Resident Evil 2 ended? They're a little more explicit with talking about, like, him becoming a federal agent and going through years of training and just being, like, an action hero from the word go now. Yeah. Um... And he shows it off more like I feel like you're even more on top of this, like this new blocking mechanic makes it so like even if a Ganado, when it turns into the big tentacle monster, like whips at you, you can just tap L1 quickly and like knock it back with a knife. I like Um, that because that was kind of a hidden ish part of the game before you could you could block projectiles with yes, the knife but now before, it's built but it's around like, it it's it's actually a mechanic instead of just a thing you can and d- happen to do if you as know far as i can tell i haven't reached a proper merchant yet so i'm only working with the things i had uh from the go there are definitely other knives you can buy as well as upgrading the knife because uh my knife broke when i got out of that initial like village encounter and until i find a merchant i know i won't be able to repair it yeah um but I picked up like a butter knife off a kitchen table in That's one of the awesome. houses and I was able to equip it and it broke in like two hits. 
but it's just a butter knife and it works the same way. But hey guys, what if we added Breath of the Wild? That's amazing. You know, weapon durability to the knives. It's it's really really like every it looks gorgeous. Like you better upgrade the shit out of that butter knife. I I am going to see what I can do to it. I, my initial thought already was like the knife is probably F- going to be the first fully thing. Fully upgrade that butter knife. The first I'm, thing I invest. I have in one important question. When you finish that first village encounter, you know the yes, chainsaw the guy. Is, yes. Leon still says, "Where did yes. everybody Where, go?" He's, Bingo? Where's everybody going? Bingo. Okay, that's all I that need. That scene is intact. You know, yes. <laughs> game of the year. And I was like, I love it. He's back. It's the same voice actor. I don't know if you know this off. Uh, I don't. It. Like, I'm gonna look this up now. Yeah. I just want to look this up. It's definitely the same. If they changed him for a Resident Evil 2 remake, it's definitely the same guy from that. But I don't know if that's the case. But, uh, oh boy, can I not? Like, all I can think about right now is I'm so glad this is my off weekend from work because all I can think about right now is playing this game. Well, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, I want to just say... To all the fans out there, thank you for being patient with us as we've been taking these this much needed break. Um, we've been doing these small podcasts in between. This one turned out to be much longer than I thought it was. <laughs> we were only supposed to be doing one hour podcasts, and apparently, I, we had had, a lot I really thought this was going to be short. You know, apparently, it's good. I'm trying to eat know, Taco Bell over here. We yeah. have shit to we have shit to talk about, so it's you know That's it's true. nice. I'm talking to myself, but, but I got shit to say. Yeah, but uh, thank you for being patient with us. Um, if you want to, if this is your first time checking us out, well, uh, you have a whole backlog of stuff to check out at Sword. And what a weird decision! Yeah, weird, but you know it happens. You can like, head out over like to SwordChomp.com and check out all of our like other stuff that funny? we've been doing over the years. Um, and yeah, we have a ton of podcasts and um, article section, all sorts of stuff over there. So for your personal enjoyment you can check that all out but i wanted to say thank you to rich ray and josh thank you all for being here doing another exciting episode of macaroni hijinks or whatever the fuck it's called i forgot already macaroni rascals new jersey life yes but in all seriousness thank you for checking out the chomp cast um we'll be back when we're back take care that is a great way to put it. We'll be back. We'll be back. We get there. We get there. True. I already See stopped. ya. Don't make Look me pull up. this podcast over.